All right. Well, here we are. The long discussed, the long pro. You know, Bobby, can I tell you some facts? Tell me some facts, Jay. Chrono Trigger is a good game. Chrono Trigger is a good game. Let me lay a, a, a number two fact. Chrono Cross is a good game. Chrono Cross is also a good game. Let's talk about these games together since they are both related. Because <laughs> they both have the word chrono in them, so somehow they they're related. Do. They do. Um, yeah, we. I mean, we... We when we did the gamers club when we were at University of Virginia, for years we teased doing a Chrono Day. We had some people in the club who were really big fans of Chrono. We had some really anti Chrono Cross people. We wanted right. to have a big discussion. Well, I think that was really the main spark. We were yeah. both big fans of both ga- games, and we had everybody loves Chrono Trigger. Of course, That's, there's there's no debate on this. But we had at least a vocal subset of members if not a vocal majority, who were not fans of Chrono Cross. Correct. And so we wanted to talk about these, and we didn't ever really do that. We kind of did, I think, the next to last day or last day, but it it seemed unsatisfying. Sure. So here we are all these many years later. Um, The impetus for doing the show now, or whenever we decided we wanted to actually focus on something, it was... You had been playing Chrono Trigger on the DS, right? Yeah. It was like, so I bought it. It came, ended up sticking my DS and ended up playing through the whole thing. Cause right. like, I could, you know, I kind of started playing it half, half ass while watching Jeopardy or whatever. And you know, you, you play Chrono Trigger for a couple hours. And I, Chrono Trigger is like best game. Yeah. Like, and then you start playing it, just not watching TV, just getting way into it again. And then I felt like the time is now. Now is the time. I'd been bit by the bug. Let's play Chrono Cross. And so I replayed Chrono Cross. And so I had played Chrono Trigger DS before you did. Um, yes. I played a, it. A, a good amount, too. Like like a year or so? Yeah. That. I, because I, I got it basically when it first came out. and I. So, oh, so that was a long time ago. 08, 09, something like that? But I played through it then, and then I beat the game. And then so this, I, I played it a second time with a new game plus. And that was just like oh, nice. a, a couple years ago. Um, yeah. And then you picked it up last Christmas-ish. <laughs> so that's when you played it. And we were going to talk about it on the podcast. And we're like, well, what's, like, let's say like, everyone knows what Chrono Trigger is like as like a little package. It's not necessarily meaningful to have a discussion of this thing by itself other than to say like, yeah, this game is still really good. You yeah. And like the it. what you've been playing segment, it's like I've been playing Chrono Trigger. I don't know if you know about Chrono Trigger, right. but that's a pretty good video game. I don't have any more meaningful things to contribute. Chrono Trigger is the portal of Chrono games. Right. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, you you'd played that and then you got the bug to play some Chrono Cross. And we wanted to do this a while ago. So I... I had like left you a new game plus save or something. I can't remember what it was. Do you, do you recall? It was a new game plus save. Cause I thought I didn't have one, but I found my old memory card. Mm-hmm. So when I ended up playing it, I used the save I had beaten years and years ago, like back in 2001, 2002, yeah. whenever I first played it. And just, uh, I did new game plus for this, uh, replay and I, I played that. And so like two years ago, I was playing chrono cross in the, the game lab on campus using the PlayStation. I was using the discs inside the PlayStation 3. So it was an original PlayStation 3 that could run PlayStation 1 discs. So I was playing it there. And this summer when we were like, yeah, we need, we both should finish Chrono Cross, um, that PlayStation 3 had been removed from the lab to be used elsewhere, and I could not play the continue the game that I had spent. I mean, I had gotten to 
past the Dead Sea on. So I need to start Chrono Cross over again, which is why I downloaded it for uh, the, the PS1 Classic on the Vita. So I was playing it on the Vita this time. That's good. <laughs> I was like, did you drop off or? No, no, I'm here. I just, you know, it's, uh, I'm starting to think of something neat to say about being able to play it on the Vita because I've tried to play PS1 games on the PSP. I played a bunch of Final Fantasy VII mm-hmm. and it's kind of okay. I feel like those, you know, obviously it runs 100% fine, but, but I do miss having the, the bigger screen. I, I have to say that with this and like in this case, Chrono Cross is a game that kind of benefits from a smaller screen, especially in the the HD era, the flat screen era, because that game is really beautiful if you can kind of like blur your eyes at it. If you're not looking too closely at the pixels of the game, I'm sure. I mean, the the colors are amazing, but the the, the sprites in particular, um, they they're a little rough, and and you know the sprites are interesting because they're so big compared to most um, yeah PS one games and really well animated, like not. Not mm-hmm. at all animated like a you know Final Fantasy VII where like people very, move kind of like robots. Very fluid and and like most games of that era, the backgrounds are gorgeous. Mm-hmm. The like static, just painted backgrounds. We we should get back to that, dude. I know. We need. I love that look. It is sometimes confusing to figure out where to go because you don't know what you can interact with and what you cannot. True. Like when you're like, oh, that's something I could climb up with. That totally looked just like a part of the background. That's oh, there was a door in like the foreground that I didn't even notice because I'm used to having to go into the background to do things. I didn't taste right. this over here. Um, so yeah, I was I was playing on that. I was quite happy with the way that the Vita plays it. Um, okay, it was it was and, nice to just pick it up whenever I needed to as well. Yeah, that is nice. Um, and and so back in April, March or April, when did Bioshock Infinite come out? Uh, March. Yes, I played it in April, so we must have recorded in April. Okay. Uh, no, wait, you played Bioshock Infinite in yeah. April? Oh, well, we played it the week it came out, so obviously. So it must, have, it must have come out like late March. Okay. So anyway, we had played that, and we had fun talking about... March, tw- March 26. Okay. Makes sense. Oh, that's right, because you were at the beach, so you did not yep. get to play. Um, so yeah, we had, we had fun talking about that game, and just both you and I, I think are kind of downers when it comes to video game stories. Like we're just not really interested in them. They rarely resonate with us. Um, right. I, I think, I think it would be less accurate to say where we're sitting there with pitch like video game stories suck, man, but it's not a good meme to tell video game stories. We just kind of accepted the, the truth that it is rare to get a good story in a video games. So when we come to a video game, it's more about the mechanics, the idea, the concepts behind it. And hey, if you want to put a good story or setting in there, that's just gravy on top. That's outstanding. Mm-hmm. But every once in a while, a mm-hmm. game has a story that resonates with us that for whatever reason, we like the, the subject matter and it doesn't matter that it was in a video game. Sometimes that story and that game c- clash in ways that you know we don't mind because, because the story was interesting. Like the combat of Bioshock Infinite was fun, but serviceable yes. in comparison to you know what the story is, or the same thing with with original Bioshock and, and a handful of other games. Um, I found that particularly as of late, when I'm playing RPGs, which are really heavily story games um, and have always been heavily storied games, that I can skip through a lot of the story. So I Final Fantasy 13, for example, like that is a game that is very heavy on story. But you don't need to know the story to go forward in the game. So I was able to skip through that. Um, 
but it's nice when every once in a while a game really resonates with me. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I agree. Yes. I agree. Well, what are you doing? What's that? Sorry, I'm being bad at, at, at being on the radio. Are you clicking? I'm not clicking. You're clicking. I heard you clicking. So that's what brings us to Chrono Trigger and Chrono Cross today. Yeah. So um, when was the first time you played Chrono Trigger? It's a great question because I uh, did not play it until very, very late in life. It was probably 2001 or 2002. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first time I played it, it was the PS1 port um, from the Final Fantasy Anthology series. Which is a wretched, awful, unplayable port. Horrible. I did not know this um, because I somehow didn't pay much attention to the load times or just didn't consider that they'd be better on uh, SNES. And I like the fact that there's all these cool anime cutscenes in there, which are cool. They keep those in the DS version. Yeah, those are neat. Uh, Just kind of reenacting big scenes in the game. And uh, otherwise, the game is totally identical um, and it was at a time where uh, I, I did eventually buy a copy of the game on Super Nintendo, but it was not readily available anywhere. You know, uh, eBay was still kind of new and, mm-hmm. you know, GameStop was still selling old SNES carts, but most stores didn't have a copy. And when they did, it was often like 40 bucks, which I think I did end up paying like 30 or 40 when I, I bought it on cart. Yeah. So that was the first time I played. It was, you know, very, very late. I, uh. I don't know why, but like none of the SNES RPGs, with the exception of Earthbound and Mario RPG, I like actually played when Super Nintendo time was when they, that was a current console. Sure. All the I've I've gone back and played pretty much all of them, but that was it. So how about you? I know you you played it much closer to the actual release date. Yes, so I remember I got I, I want to say I think I got it for Christmas, nineteen ninety five. So that would have been a few months after it came out, and it was a game I kind of kind of mucked about in for the first however many months that I had it. Um, and it wasn't, of course, like I hadn't played RPGs a whole lot. Like I did not have Final Fantasy 4 or 6. Um, uh, as far as the NES was concerned, I played some Dragon Quest and some Final Fantasy 1, but didn't get into it. So Chrono Trigger and Earthbound were really my first RPGs. And I didn't get into Chrono Trigger until I had a friend who was playing for with me. So it was my next door neighbor came over and we just, we started like taking turns. We'd play back and forth. I'd watch him play. Um, so my first experience through was with another person. And so I may have told the story on the podcast before, but as, as it goes, there was a, I want to say there was a blizzard and we had like a week off of school or something, but I had gone to my family's condo in the mountains that week and had left behind Chrono Trigger with my friend. Who proceeded to beat the game and call me up and tell me all the insane things that were happening. Um, So he beat the game. And then when I came back, he gave it back to me. And so then like, it was like my turn to go through it now. So I kind of picked up from, you know, I would say like prehistoric times, maybe like 65 million BC. Um, But I was, I was pissed, but you know, I, I definitely played it at an early age where it had, an impact on me. Where a like, huge impact. Yeah. yeah. Well, even playing it really late, it was one of those things where you, you, um, 
you know, now it seems like even later, but playing it then, it was still highly revered and like you had heard about it for years and years. So I was like, all right, let's sit down and play this. And you're like, oh my God, this really holds up really, really well, even after having played a lot of the PS1 era RPGs um, before that. Um, but I was playing it blindly. Like, I had no idea. Like, right. I mean, even more so for you, yeah. The, I've, what I remember of the ads in the magazines was they had, I want to say it was like 12 different boxes of just screenshots was the ad of like like crazy places. And then it had something like some thing about traveling through time. But I didn't know about it. Like, I, I didn't talk to people who That's played cool. the game. I didn't know what walkthroughs were when I played the game. Aside from, like, I didn't have the strategy guide. So I, I really went into it just blind. So That's cool. That game's hard to play without a walkthrough. Yeah. Well, not as hard to play as Chrono Cross, but... <laughs> well, that is definitely true. But So how about your first Chrono Cross? Chrono Cross uh, was pretty much right after Chrono Trigger. I also... I, that I played a little bit more currently. Um... But again, you know, going back to we just re-aired episode 15, like you got that PlayStation really late and just like started chunking through everything. So I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure I played Chrono Cross right after, again, probably t- 2001, 2002, um, one of those days. And yeah, to- totally fell in love with it. I'm sure something we'll keep coming back with. Maybe my favorite battle system uh, in a, a JRPG. Yeah. I don't know if that still holds up because we've had so many good games like right. – Twelve uh, um, 13. is awesome. Thirteen, uh, uh, another one that that's really really great. Um, I love Persona. Yeah, the the, the SMT games put a different spin on the formula. I don't I don't know if those are, you know, I, I like them a lot, but I still don't. Just removing MP from the equation totally is so appealing to me. <laughs> yes, it's so appealing in whatever game there is. Yeah, like. You're gonna put a limit on my amount of magic. You're you're putting a disincentive to use magic, and here it's like screw it. You can use your most powerful spells like literally every battle, and the battles are gonna be long and they're gonna be meaningful. I like that philosophy a lot. Yeah, that is one thing I think it shares with um, Shin Megami Tensei is that that feeling of Chrono Cross didn't necessarily feel difficult, but the the random battles still felt meaningful and dangerous, um, and I like that a lot. They never felt like much of a grind. So let's save some of the the technical stuff about the battle systems. Yeah. So how about how about you? When did you first play uh, Chrono Cross? I want to say that when I first got my PlayStation Two, which would have been two thousand one, I guess I can't exactly remember. Chrono Cross was one of the first games I bought. I actually I bought Chrono Cross before I ever had a PlayStation Two because I was like, I love Chrono Trigger. I'm going to buy this game. So did you not have a PlayStation One? I did not. No. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. So yeah, I I I was late to this. Um and I remember popping in Chrono Cross for the first time and expecting Chrono Trigger 2 and just being like what the what the fuck is this game? Like this is nonsense. I don't understand what's going on. I want to say I started it over a spring break or something like that where I had like a good period of time to play it. So I was trying to get into it and I just didn't understand it at all. And I put that game away for yeah, you know, a, a couple of years. So it wasn't until 2003, I think it's 2003, it was either 2003 or 2004, like somewhere in second year of college, that mm-hmm. I played and beat Chrono Cross for the first time. So the experience that you've, that you had echoes, I think, the experience I've heard anecdotally that a lot of, a lot of people have. Right. It seems like Chrono Cross, the further we get away from its release, gets more and more fondly remembered. Because um, it was definitely like, especially in college it was like the music's pretty good but like fuck that game forever give me Chrono Trigger 2 and I think part of the reason 
um, I've always really liked it is I loved Chrono Trigger a ton, but I not having played it as a kid, I don't have any like precious feelings towards it or mm-hmm. like those special memories. So I kind of feel like I was able to go in and be like, this is totally not the same game, but let's just roll with it. Oh, this is totally not the same game, but it's awesome. So it, yeah, it took me a little bit and I can't remember if maybe you had inspired me to play it or what the, what the occasion was, but yeah, I got back into it and played at that time. Um, and that's when I realized like, I love, I love this game. I love so much about what this game is. Yeah. So we can say that we are both unequivocally fans of Chrono's trigger and cross. Absolutely. For all their own reasons. Um, and why are we fans? What should, where, what, what should we start talking about here? Okay, I'll, I want to save some of the story stuff for the end, if that's yeah, cool. we should. So let's talk about some of the, the mechanics of it and the things in the game uh, more broadly, and then we can like dive into some of the narrative stuff, which is really interesting, and we're going to talk about in the way that we talked about with Bioshock Infinite, which is like theories of how this stuff actually functions and what it means and how right. it all comes together. Because so, the thing about these games is that they're just they're video games, right? Like they're only gonna their stories are only gonna be so involved, and it's not because it, like necessarily they're bad stories or it's a weakness. It's like yeah, we just don't need more than what we have. But the cool thing about them is that they leave this room for interpretation open, so we can talk about like what it might mean or how we could possibly imagine it, and and that stuff is we get enjoyment out of that. Yeah. Yes, that is that is totally true. I will I will say, you know, I I re when I replayed Chrono Trigger, I still thought it was the best game ever. When I replayed Chrono Cross, I think some of the like warts on the storytelling started to show through. Yes, um, where I was kind of like this. I don't want to say it doesn't make sense. But they do a really like the worst possible job explaining it yeah. in the game itself. It's not that it doesn't make sense; it's that it might not make sense to a lot of people. Yeah. So, or it doesn't have it, to make sense, right? But one thing that these games share in common is the time that they came out. You know, both of these came out right at the end of the life of their consoles, either Chrono uh, Trigger in '95 or Chrono Cross in 2000. Yeah. And you can really look at them and, and you know, those are, I'm going to say, if not the two most successful eras of JRPGs, certainly the two most successful eras of Squaresoft. Sure. And I, I think you can really look at both of those games as smart people involved in that, um, you know, in, the, in the development in and around those games, looking at those and saying, what what's our kind of statement seeing these examples? Yeah, what can we do differently? Like, what? How can we push this thing to the? How can we push of- it? Like, what what works? What doesn't work? What feels in the same vein as that, but but goes forward? Yeah. Um, I mean, so they do some radical things, especially from the, the you know the company that makes Final Fantasy, right? Like, we're going to see enemies on the screen. We're going to have seamless transition. Not in Chrono Cross, but compare uh, the Chr- quality of the sprites in FF6 to Chrono Trigger, and Chrono Trigger just far and away so much better. I mean, and and what's interesting is. Final Fantasy 6 is so much better than Final Fantasy 4 and 5. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So much so much better already. And then we get this huge – I actually think it's somewhat the sprites, but huge degree the world map and the environments. Yeah, it doesn't feel like a grid. No, it's so much, so much more um, – so much more time was spent to it. And it's a, sm- it's a shorter game. It, it's, a, it's a smaller world. So so there, there's definitely that um, – 
but but the the care in in each uh, enemy that's created, I, I think, is pretty remarkable. Mm-hmm. Ow, shit, son of a bitch! I'm sorry. Hey, I'm good. <laughs> is your dog is your dog attacking you? Yeah, there's a lot of jingle jangling. Yeah, so my dog brought her squeaky dinosaur in here and wants me yep. to play with her. So I'm trying to quietly do that, and I hit my hand on my desk. But we're uh, good. I, I bought a big corn cob at the uh, <laughs> at PetSmart, and Molly loves it. And so she just, it looks like she's smoking like a huge blunt when she like, <laughs> because she, she'll bite the corn at one of the ends and it's just long hanging out. The walking around. She just, she's just like rolls up like, what's up? You guys down to party in here? I got this corn, you know, I can sell a little corn cob on the side, you know? Um, so yeah, let's talk about the, the combat systems for each first. Mm-hmm. Cause I think sure. a, if for a, game to really hook me it has to have a good combat system that's the one thing i learned about jrpgs if it has a good combat system i can put up with a bad story yes especially especially a jrpg it's got it has to like that's what you're doing most of the game right you're in battles Um, often for long periods of uninterrupted time it's got to be fun so chrono trigger like you said makes a huge stride i mean other games have done it too but as a notable game that that did it is that by putting the enemies on screen you can choose when you're going into battle Right. Mm-hmm. So the most frustrating thing for me about playing Final Fantasy games was sometimes I don't want to battle. Like sometimes I just want to get from point A to B. Right. And that's all I want to do. Um, and in Chrono, Chrono Trigger, it's like, yeah, you can cross the world map and you don't have to fight anything. You can go into like a dungeon area and you don't necessarily have to hit like battle everything. You're probably going to. But especially like later on in the game when you're retreading areas, you don't have to keep fighting the same things over and over necessarily. So that's that's a huge step, um, and then the the battle system is pretty standard in Chrono Trigger. When you you know it's just basically everybody attacks. You have a kind of lightning or a it, kind of it, a magic. It is pretty standard, but I do feel like, uh, except I, th- I think that game gets pretty easy towards the end of the game. Mm-hmm. But for a lot of the game, it feels a lot more challenging than other Final Fantasy games that I think. Yeah, the, it's not like you're, you're just hammering on the attack button to get through everything. Yeah, it seems like uh, I don't think the game is like super, super challenging or anything like that. But you are you're taking some more substantial amounts of damage. I felt like, mm-hmm. you know, you have to, you know, in Final Fantasy where I could often, um, you know, a button or X button or whatever through the attacks and then maybe maybe heal after a couple battles. I would need to actively make sure I had somebody who was healing, even in random battles. Like, all right, it's just, I got to pay attention. I got to keep my guys up. You know, uh, I got to be smart about which elements I'm using. And and speaking of active, it also had the active time battle system. Um, right. Which, you know, you... Like, it's, it's not new to Chrono Trigger. Right. But, but it, it, uh, it definitely feels more... I don't know. Even having just played six again, it felt like much more dire. Like, no, I, I really need to go first. This is a this is a serious matter because that guy's going to do a, like a third of my health if he hits me. Mm-hmm. And so I think I'm trying to remember. I'm looking here at Wikipedia or a wiki page to see which game introduced active time battle to the Square games. And it looks like maybe Final Fantasy Four did. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh no! You know what? That's that's a lie because the American releases did not have active time. So, oh geez, like that idea of yeah, you, it's not just turn based. Like I have to make decisions, or and the guys are going to continue attacking was important. And the battles are short, short. I want to say shorter too. Like 
you, it feels like you spend less time battling than than you do in a lot of other RPGs in that game, which is yes. kind of refreshing. Like you're moving from one to the next, they all feel, feel meaningful. Yep. Yeah, and that's the key: making battles feel meaningful, um, even when you're just trying to get from one place to another or revisiting an area you've been to before. The other cool thing was the tech system. Yeah. So dual techs, triple techs, um, just just figuring out you know which characters when you combine them together are going to have these automatic things where you you know you you learn how to do X strike for example. You're like, oh, cool. This makes sense. Like, I have th- three people in my party. Why can't they do something at the same time? Um, right. Team up. Like, let me electrocute your sword, and now you've got electric sword. Right. So, it's yeah, it's not just that you're both attacking at the same time. It's that you're using your innate abilities um, together, which was really cool. You know, the uh, – what's the the one where Robo heals? Uh, there's, like, uh, one where he grabs somebody and does a spin. I can't remember at this point. Yeah, anyway. that – that's actually one I was thinking of. Like uh, I use that one a lot. Fortunately, I can't remember. But his heal, his heal beam does always heal all. Right, but there's another one where he like picks somebody up and spins them around and does like a whole cure. Maybe maybe it's with Morrow or something. Does like a Bobo whole cure dual tech. Um, but that that was just a cool way of saying like yeah, it's meaningful as to who I have in my party, not just because I want the strongest people, but maybe I want to make a sacrifice and not have some character I might want. Like maybe I don't want to have. Chrono, Isla, and Magus. Maybe I want to have Luca and Marl in there so that we can do yeah. know, our, our triple attacks. Marl and Robo, it's Aura Beam. There we go. Yeah. Or Cure Wind, Marl and Robo, which is like the souped-up version of that. Cool. Um, so yeah, that, that stuff was fun, especially when later on in the game you find items like the Black Rock and the Gold Rock that allow you to do other triple attacks that were like ridiculous. Um... So yeah, that stuff was fun. The, the game just moves quickly. The boss battles aren't too difficult, but they are d- demanding. Something about the feel of that game that I can't articulate is what makes that combat so good. All right, now let's talk about the Chrono Cross battle system. Let's talk about the Chrono Cross battle which system. Which is bananas. So I've never played Xenogears, but reading about this and hearing some of the like retronauts guys talk about this apparently this is like a smarter um better iterated version of what the combat system in xenogears is okay which made me want to play xenogears a lot yes you know we should do we should play xenogears yeah that seems like a game we should play i don't disagree all right so let me let me lay it down so you know MP? You know about MP? Yeah, that's the the points that you have to spend to use magic. Fuck that. Fuck MP. It's what? all gone. None of this. So you come into battle and you have two meters. You have a stamina meter, which is all the way up at seven. Mm-hmm. And then you have, I forget what the other meter is called, the magic meter. Do you know what that's called? Uh, the like your, element just levels? Level. Yeah, the element level meter. Okay. That starts at zero. So... You've with your th- three kinds of attacks. That's right. Level one, level two, level three. And it costs that amount of stamina. You, and you can see when you pick that, that the higher the level, it costs more stamina. If it's successful, it will do more damage. Right. But there's a lower percentage of hits based on how high it is. Right. So, for example, it might be like level one is 95, then 85, then 75 for two, three. 
So there's a risk reward. If the hit is successful at that level, you add that many points into your magic level right. or your element, element level. If it's unsuccessful, nothing happens. Well, you lose the stamina, but there's no hit. There's no addition. But you can chain these attacks together. So if you do a level one hit and it's successful, it will increase the probability of your two and three hits. Yes. And then if you hit another hit, everything goes up. Everything keeps going up until you miss and then it all resets. So the idea is you can burn out your stamina meter and then with your elements, you can cast any element up to the level that you're at. And it will cost that many points. So, for example, if you have six element level points and you cast a level four spell, it only costs four element points. But every spell always, regardless of level, costs seven stamina points. Are you mm-hmm. with me? So if you only have one stamina point, you can still cast a spell, but you'll go down to negative six. So you How can have you- a stamina deficit. You can have a stamina deficit. How do you get more stamina points? Great question. You just need to wait for other characters, either your allies or the enemy, to act. Yes. And as they act, your stamina meter will slowly build back up. And you can switch character, which character is attacking at any point. Yeah, you just left and right. Right. As, um, although that will reset the percentage meters for each attack. Uh, and of course, if it's the enemy's turn to attack, um, which there's some math voodoo happening in the background to right. tell you when it's that time. Uh, uh, you know, th- that's one of the interesting things. So part of me would really love to see the, the turns that everyone is taking and how they change. Like as you go along, I would like to surface that information, Yeah, but, uh, but a huge part of the game is, can I, can I do one more thing without them attacking so that I right. can, you know, use this element or chain these things together? Yep. Oh, one more thing we forgot or a couple more things. So you can only, you, you can use, uh, you can only use each element once per battle. Yes. That's it. Um, Bobby, do you know about items? Tell me about items. Fuck items. No items. Right. None. Sort of. We're going to have consumable elements, which nobody ever uses because they suck. Most. Am I right? Uh, Am I right? I use, I, there's a handful I use. Like I use Blackout. Uh, I use Nostrum. Okay. Like a couple of the higher level stuff. But even in early games. So you have tablets. And so what you do is right. when you have an, say you have three four element slots in level one and you, your character has a color that's associated with an element. Say you're like a, you're white because you're surge, the main character. So you probably have a level one attack like photon ray in there. Um, you might have like a red element, like a basic red element in there, maybe another white one. And then you have tablets. So you can say, I want this consumable element and I can carry five of them with me. And at the end of each round, you can use them up to five times if you need to. So a tablet is just a heal, like a really low level heal. You can use that five times. Next time you go into battle, that number that's in there goes up to five. So technically that element slot functions five times per battle. But it also takes up as much uh, stamina as any other element. So you need to use it wisely. Like you don't want to just like waste a turn using a tablet when you have better healing magic or something that you can use in the end. So by the time you get lots of good healing magic, you don't so much need all those um, consumable elements. Right. Um, so yeah, the, there's that. It's true. There's also summons, which nobody uses ever. No, you need to use summons. Uh, summons suck. What are you talking about? Here's why you summons. Okay, so the way that the game works, another thing that's going on in the game is that, so each character has an element associated with it there's fire 
water slash no, ice. No, there's, there's red. red. Sorry, red, which there's, is fire. There's water slash ice. There's blue. Uh, blue. There's yellow. They are called, they are called colors. Unlike yeah. other ones where you think of the element first and then the color okay. associated, here it's like, no, I'm the, I'm the green dragon. There's yellow, which is lightning slash ground. Yeah, slash it's, like, earth. it's like earth. Yeah. There's green, which is plants. <laughs> I don't know. Plants, See? It's plants it's, and air. Yeah. Plants and air. No, air is white. Uh-uh. Air, Aero Blaster is a green. Okay. Um, white is space rays, basically. It's like, <laughs> right, yeah. It's all like meteor. And yeah. Fo- it's light. things from space, like photon, ray, meteor, ultranova. And then black is bad space. So either using like gravity or black holes, pulling someone to earth really fast, like those kinds of things. So right. yeah, you're right. They're, they're each called colors, but in the game, in the, the play field of the combat system, there is a circle and the circle has three levels. And each time you cast an element, um, the inside of that circle fills. And then when you cast the next element that the one that you did previously moves it to the second section or the, the second level. So it'd be like, I cast a red, then a green, then a blue. And then that little meter will, will show you, oh, you had red, then green, then and blue is cast most recently. But if you fill that meter all with the same color, then you can use a summon when you get them in the game. And if you kill enemies with a summon, they give you a special drop. And the drop is called a shiny. And the shiny is a, associated with the element that you used to kill it. So the summon you used to kill it. So if you kill them with the blue um, summon, then you get shiny dew. And those shiny things can be used to forge the spectral weapons, the ultimate weapons of the game. So that's why summons uh-huh. are useful because you need to you need to collect those those shiny things so you can forge weapons. I forgot about that because I wasn't paying that much attention to it during my New Game Plus replay. Since I already had pretty good weapons. Oh yeah, we should say you played New Game Plus, and I, if this wasn't obvious, you played New Game Plus, and I played regular. Yeah, um, we we'd both played the game before, obviously, but right for for this most recent play. Which is important because that affects, I think, a lot of how we would think about the game, too. Totally. Uh, yeah, because I was blasting through all combat all the time. <laughs> yeah, I was and not so much. So, uh, and, uh, this is, I think this is a mechanic. So when, you, when you're playing through New Game Plus, one of the things you get is the ability to basically double the frame rate of the game. And by double the frame rate, I mean they just delete half the frames and make the game go twice as fast. Right. Yes. You 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 press a fast forward button and everything happens twice as fast. That game is still slow. Dialogue happens twice as fast. You can hold it. Combat your summon your animations for your magic attacks go twice as fast. Everything is just twice as fast. Um, that game is slow without that. Yeah, that game is really slow without. Holy crap! Um, Uh. So, but we should say this after describing the combat system for Chrono Cross is the thing that I like about it is that. There are not as many battles in this game as there are in a lot of other RPGs. I mean, there are sections where you go into a dungeon, you do a lot of battles. But for the most part, I feel like you are strategically choosing uh, elements that are the opposite of the innate color of the uh, enemy that you're facing. So you're actually thinking through, okay, I want to use a bunch of reds in a row, and maybe I can fill up the red field. And the more that that little field, that meter of three different colors that shows what you've last done... Uh, or the last cast has filled up is the stronger that element. So if you use a lot of reds, then your reds are getting stronger and stronger over time. That's right. So there, there's that sense to it too. Like, okay, it's important for me to use these colors because, um, 
although we should also talk about the leveling up system. So Chrono okay. Trigger has a fairly traditional, you're going to get experience points and level up. Right. Pretty much, you know, meat and potatoes JRPG. Chrono Cross doesn't really have levels. No. It definitely doesn't have a per character level. Your kind of game save has a star level. Right. And you get a star after Major significant battles. Yeah. yeah. Um, and what that star level does is it um, it not only increases your stats fairly dramatically, but it increases your kind of stat cap that's not exposed to you. Mm-hmm. But after you beat a boss and you, you increase your star level, the next several battles, you'll get minor stat boosts. You get another hit point. You get a, a point thrown into magic or whatever. But after that, you just stop getting any benefits whatsoever from battle. Um you might get you might get items and stuff like that and like you said building affinity for different colors but you're no longer gaining any kind of stat enhancements at all until you beat the next boss is so that the, i never ran into that when i was playing through on my regular game like i w- i would face a regular enemy and i would always get like plus 1 hp or plus 1 to something else like minorly you, you will hit a cap it is um uh, that that cutoff is more dramatic on New Game Plus, but okay. you'll absolutely hit a cap. Fairly, actually, it's still fairly close. Like I, after, I never saw that, it, but the, the there's point a lot. Is, there's a lot of boss battles too, and sometimes they like when you chain a bunch of them in a row. Because there's a couple times in the game where you'll get like two or three star levels in a row, and then you can fight a lot of enemies yeah. before you hit anything. But there's never ever a reason to grind. Like there's no, no point in ne- the game when you ever want to or need to grind. Nope, it's very controlled. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the things that I loved about that game so much. Um, it's like, yeah, just, you, it's so different. It's, I mean, just the, the mindset of the game is so different, especially since um, you're kind of automatically healing basically for free after every battle. So you're coming into every okay. battle and the game knows that with full health. So the game can make each of these encounters a little bit tougher, a little bit more meaningful. And wh- so, yeah, it's going to go for broke. One more thing is that, at the end of a battle, when you're finished, whatever element level you're at, you can use a healing item in the, like, congratulations, you won screen. So it's like, okay, you had, you know, level four, you can use a heal all now. So right. pretty and much not- every battle, you're able to heal one or all of your characters up to almost full health. And you said healing items, but it's not just healing tablets that you can absolutely use those. You It's just regular, it's just regular spells, just yep. regular magic. Yep. Like... So yeah, you unless unless you had like a really rough go of it, um, or like you uh, quit out of a battle, like you can like, run from pretty much any battle at any time, even boss battles. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, then then you would have to go in and you have to use your consumables because you can't use your magic outside of battle outside of that victory screen. So you can't just go in and say like, oh, heal all right now. Like if you were on the world map, you have to use consumable items. That's right. Yeah. But yeah, it, the game is basically resetting you every battle, which makes it less about how you're doing in whole, like through a dungeon, and more about each battle mattering individually. Fuck, that! it is a great battle system. It feels good. I love the effect of it's fast. hit level one, then level two, then level three, and I'm doing like tons of damage now, and now I'm going to use... Um, 
one of my elements, but I need the other characters to not use their elements because I don't want everyone to have a deficit at one time because that means the enemy's going to attack me twice in a row or or whatever the case may be. So right. that adds a whole level of strategy that most just like jam on the attack button and heal yourself combat systems don't have. And it's tense, man. Like it's totally heartbreaking when you like you're like all right i got the i i got this this guy's weak to my elements i'm gonna do one two three and like the two fails you're yeah. like oh, oh that screws up my whole thing because yeah, like so I, now do i cast a lower level spell or do i try to build for next turn right so you have your attack elements but you also have uh, effect elements so you have an element called diminish which uh halves the amount that elemental damage will do so you're you're fighting a boss you're fighting an enemy that has like really punishingly um, strong magic spells. So you have that, and then you can go in there and just do physical damage spells at full strength while he's only doing the magic spells at half strength. So like, it actually makes... It's important to make these decisions on the battlefield about... You know what you're using and, and it getting to those levels you know there's strengthen and weaken and you can make them miss more often and um i found myself in this playthrough in particular especially having played persona recently which really relies on those kinds of effect spells uh, using a lot more of those than i did in the past where it's possible to get through that game just attacking and healing but it's made much more easily if you know which effect spell to use yeah absolutely Oh, and each character has techs. Oh, God. Yeah, they do have techs. Yeah. Which, Those are just built-in uh, elements. But the interesting thing about it is they're built-in elements that um, have some are healing. There's a couple, like, stealing effects, and some are just attacks. But at the end of the game, you have eight levels in total, like, of your elements. And in the seventh level is your your top ability. And the way that you get most of the top abilities for a lot of those characters is you you take the character from one dimension and you bring them to the character in the other dimension or like you go to the place where you're supposed to live and you, like that character knows how to unlock the safe to give them their special ability. So Yeah, that's that's super cool. Towards the end of the game like there's a whole lot of like collecting all of these level 7 abilities. So um, um and we should talk about the number of characters in the game perhaps. Yeah. So Chrono Trigger has 8 characters or is it 9? 7. I can't, I'm doing it off my head. 7. Yes. Um it, it, well, six or seven, depending on yeah. your play style. Depending if you're an idiot or not. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. You should have seven characters. Yeah. So Chrono Cross has 40 characters. 40? Is it 40? Even? Uh, or is it 43? 43. 43. Yeah, it's a little more. It's 40 plus characters. So, um, Some of the characters are really central story characters. Uh, there's obviously like the, the the main characters of the game, like Surge and Kid, and some of the like high narrative characters. There's also just random characters that you meet throughout the world that you can recruit into your party. Oh, and there's a uh, there's 108 characters. 108 characters. No, that's 40 45. Save that for later. Uh, 45 40. characters. So um, they all have their own unique texts, and the cool thing about them is not only do they all join your party, but everybody has their own way of speaking. Or there are like variations on ways of speaking, so the dialogue isn't just the same between all forty-five characters. So, they do they do not all join your party. What do you mean? Well, you need to play the game three times if you would like all of them. To oh join yes, your party. yes. Sorry, but all the characters that you have that can join your party um, 
are applicable for pr- pretty much every situation. There's sometimes when you need specific yes. characters to like advance the story or you walk into a place and like the fourth appear- character appears off screen because they're the story character that's going to advance this. But you can pretty much have anybody with you and they're all given a base dialogue and then modifiers to their dialogue. So maybe this guy speaks with an accent like the Korcha and Macha, like they all or an orcha, they all say cha all the time at the end of things. So the way the game's dialogue system is set up is that there is the base dialogue and then there are ways that it can be modified depending on who the character is. So any character can be in any situation and and interact with the the world. So apparently a lot of that uh um in the translation, the those are all like different Japanese dialects. Mm-hmm. And not knowing what to do. I don't know about the cha things especially, but not knowing or, or lacking like a direct analog to um, those accents. They more or less just randomly gave people accents. Yes. Like that. that's why kid is Australian. Right. Like, like there's no reason. I don't know. She carries a knife. She's Australian, right? They're like, we know she speaks very distinctly different, but th- that's all we, we know. Right. Um. And some of the characters are really funny to have with you. Like there's the character Poshal, who is this like fluffy pink dog. Uh, and he talks to the lisp. And so First character you get. Spelled out with a lisp. Um, so like having him in these, like, these really intense situations and Let's commenting on Komodo dragon scales. Is, uh, is pretty funny, especially at the end of the game. But um, the bad thing about having all those characters is that you don't really need to use all of them. Yeah, th- this is, I, I actually think, a legit knock on the game. Yeah, absolutely. The The characters are more or less meaningless. Everybody has a moment or a couple lines of dialogue here or there. Mm-hmm. But because you can, you, you can or, or not recruit pretty much all of them, none of them play any central part in the game. In fact, Kid, who is a central part of the game, you don't even have to recruit her. Right. Um, so you can just kind of recruit who you want. I, I like that the game be, because the, the characters you have are so divorced from the story. I think that's a pretty fair knock, but the other kind of flip side is that the game developers are going to be like, fuck it. If you want like a party, that's an alien and a tree and a dog, you can have that party. Yeah. Absolutely. This is whatever. So the whatever narratively, the thing I like about that is, is that it makes all these different characters in the world meaningful to some sense. It's like, yeah, they all, we all have a hand in this. Like what makes one character more special? So it's the a, idea that you can have all of them in your party is cool. But in it, reality, there are still certain story characters that advance the plot. Well, and I think too, it's, there's kind of two stories going on in Chrono Cross and to a lesser degree, Chrono Trigger. Chrono Cross has this huge, big story that doesn't really show its cards till the end. Right. About these parallel universes and all these, you know, you know, there's no real time travel in Chrono Cross. It all takes place in this very short amount of time in this very small piece of geography. But the the overarching story, the kind of the consequences you're fighting, are happening over eons, the entire span of time of Chrono uh, Trigger. Right. All these different characters are happening off screen. There's just kind of big things in motion, contrasted with. You are are meeting all these people and seeing what life is like on this little archipelago with these couple of cities and little islands and stuff. And, and so they kind of don't ever really meet those two stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet and yet that's kind of makes perfect sense. Like 
everybody yes everybody in the world is involved in the larger story of chrono cross whether or not they are someone who moves the plot forward or whether they are a shopkeeper or a that's cook right. or whatever so that's right they do that's kind of cool they're not directly involved but they they definitely talk about the inhabitants of uh the el nido archipelago in the in the overarching story but for example if you just care about well Again, a good example, like and and just kind of seeing him and meeting him in the another world and stuff. That specific storyline doesn't have anything to do with anything. But yeah. um, functionally, though, the problem is that certain characters are significantly stronger than other characters. Yeah, um, their abilities are better. You you throughout the game, like stealing items is pretty important, and mm-hmm. then you can steal a lot of good items. So you kid steals items, and when she's not in your party anymore. Then you can't you meet, steal it. Then you meet Fargo, and he can steal items. Okay, right, yes. So, th- like, I ended up playing most of the game with those two characters in my party because I wanted to steal good items from bosses. Um, they also try to bring back the dual tech thing from Chrono Trigger, yeah. and it's just not useful whatsoever at all. It, it, it's, it, doesn't, it doesn't detract from the game, but it's just, it's just they seem there because they're like, oh, right, I guess we should have these. They were such a cool part of the last game. But it's only a few characters that have dual text yeah. with each and, other. And with so many characters, the odds of you p- putting both of them in right. are so low. Putting both of them in your party, I mean. I mean and, and that's one of the things that makes Cross, like in my opinion, like way more like hardcore RPG than Trigger, is that uh-huh. there's tons and tons of secrets which don't exist in trigger but the trigger characters on the other hand yeah there's um they're much stronger right there's seven of them um they're and i, I think they're all great i yes. think they're all great characters and while um you can definitely reasonably like if you were you can rank them in terms of their usefulness in battle but nobody is not useful in battle you could make a party with any of them, and I actually think you're going to be able to do pretty well. Yeah, and, and in fact, you and I in the past have used different parties. So when you played Chrono Trigger most recently, you, I mean, you are a huge Robo fan. Love Robo. Robo's you're, still my favorite character. He's Turbo my A+. Plus. Turbo Robo. He's my number one. When he gets excited, his limbs like disconnect from him because that's awesome. He's like terraforming a, a desert for, 40, for 400 years. That's awesome. He's my man. But, Robo number one. But so uh, in my previous playthroughs, I was a big Robo fan in my party. I'm like, dude, he's got he's got heal all. That's rad. His punch is pretty strong. That's rad. Um, but so so I went into this recent playthrough. I was a Chrono Ayla Robo. That was my party. And going into this, I was like, I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna play with, deliberately with other people. And you realize Robo, God love him, slow as crap. <laughs> yeah. Super slow just does not get the turns in that other characters get. And once you learn this, all of a sudden you're like, man, Robo, when it is your turn, you show up to play, but boy, is it not your turn all that often. Mm-hmm. That's not good. There's no good. I can give you all the like speed tabs I've got, and it's not, it's not going to outweigh how slow you are. So unlike Chrono, in Chrono Cross, every character has an innate color, mm-hmm. but they can also equip elements of any other color um which at some point is makes all the characters basically the same like you can just swap any items and stuff in between all the characters there's not a whole lot differentiating them which is totally different from chrono trigger where each of the characters is highly unique highly individualized and has their own uh 
pros and cons bringing them into battle um so i yeah i love i wish that there was a way for chrono cross to have made the characters more individually meaningful like there mm-hmm. was in chrono trigger uh, i'm a huge so my, my party is usually by the end of the game in chrono trigger i liked chrono magus and isla just because i like strong individual attacks that's pretty good um but i i've been known to use chrono luca marl I just, I was doing a lot of the antipathy uh, chrono cr- yeah that's good chrono marl and um magus is a great party mm-hmm. um and chrono frog and magus is a great party yeah i feel like i need i need a a, a healer in there and and when it's um you know no, nobody is as good of a healer as marl is but frog's okay and He's also super strong with the sword, so it's nice in kind of those, uh, you know, not critical, super, super late game battles mm-hmm. because you're not sitting there trying to heal every turn or something. Um, so Chrono Trigger is a pretty straightforward game. Uh, yeah. I, I would say that there are a couple points in the game where you could get lost, like you don't – maybe you didn't like read it the, the dialogue fully and you don't know where to go next and like you tried going to one – time period and you didn't go like you need to go to another instead like especially as the game opens up but by and large that game is there's like a critical path through it and that is an obvious path especially the first half of the game it's literally like linear like you were doing one thing sure. or another and, th- and then it kind of opens up a little bit and then at the very end you kind of have all those side quests open up right but you uh, can do i mean you can do the side quests in any order so it doesn't matter but like there are only a couple can't. points in the game where i'm like i wait do i need to go to to 600 or 65 million. I can't remember where I'm supposed to be right now. And I want to be clear and say that for me, that's not a negative. Like, uh, I don't know. I think wandering around kind of sucks in some games. Um, I, I completely agree. We played the game so many times. I can't, I, I know where to go now. So it's hard. I, for me well, to say. I, well, I, I kind of think I agree. Like, I mean, line, I don't think linearity in an RPG is bad. Oh no! Absolutely not. I I also don't think that like choice is bad or like opening up and, and letting the player do whatever they want is bad either. But but that's not necessarily why I come. Right. But so, like sometimes there's only one thing to do right now, but I don't yes. know where that is. And that sucks. Yeah. So like, especially prehistoric era in particular, it gets to that point where. After yes, you, you, I got lost this recent playthrough. Yeah. Even haven't played through the game a couple of times. You're like, oh shit, I need to go and do something with the, the Hecran cave now. And or like, the worst this- thing is, I'll go up in the, like to that whatever mountain was at the top. Uh-huh. You can totally go in there and you can like fight all those enemies and you can get to the top and there's nothing to do. Right. <laughs> You're just like, oh, well, I guess this wasn't what I was supposed to do. Yeah, Crap. Right. I'll fight my way back down. Yeah. But uh, you can fill up for free there, so that's good. Chrono Cross. I incomprehensible almost right like totally totally so one thing I also learned recently about Chrono Cross is this game was made on a budget like there were like huge time and money constraints in Chrono Cross which when you think like huh a lot of repeat locations total info dump at the end Mm -hmm. on a short play time this makes sense. That, yeah, uh, that make the sense. same, the same FMV, like again and again and again and again. 
Well, like, yeah, those FMVs work again and again because they things do are happening. But yes, they yes they do. Well, well, it's it's an extremely well made game. Like I, I don't think anything about it. And of course, like the soundtrack, which we can get to later, is is top notch. But um, yeah, I, I I think that if it's not necessarily a low budget game, their ideas outpace their budget and time. Absolutely. By- um, so yeah, there there will be points in the game. So, Chrono Cross is a game about. <laughs> we never even said what it was about. So, if you have not played Chrono Cross, it is a game about this character Surge, who. We has, should stop and say. I, I'm sorry to interrupt. We down. should stop and say these games are old as crap, and we're going to talk about them totally spoilerific. I don't okay. think we really have up to this point. But if you really care. I can't imagine anybody's listening to the two of us flap our gums who haven't played both of these games, but just for due diligence. Chrono Chrono Cross's ending half is really worth the surprise if you if you want to play that game right now. It is. It's really I would, cool. I would agree with that. But even if you're kind of are sort of interested in these games, like I've already meant, I've meant to play them, I think the, the gameplay is so strong. You'll still enjoy it if you've mm. heard everything about it. But I, I I do agree. Like, if you really don't know anything about these games, it's it's worth your time to go and play them and, and experience kind of the stuff. Yeah, they, that especially that end of Chrono Cross yourself. Um, so yeah, in in Chrono Cross, before we get into like the deep story stuff, we'll just say that there's character Surge and he is killed in one world, but ends up in another dimension, which is a, a parallel universe to his world, and you're moving back and forth between the dimensions. Um, right. And that's the key shtick where yeah. Chrono Trigger is about time, time travel. travel. Chrono Cross is about uh, two parallel dimensions, right. which and means which means that there are points where you have to travel into other dimensions where it's not necessarily obvious that the thing you're looking for is in the other dimension. Like, yeah, it, it, the game assumes like, oh, yeah, maybe you remembered that in this dimension, this island was barren. But in this dimension, there was stuff in that island. So you need to go to the one with the stuff. That's what makes it cool slash tricky is that right. the timelines only split 10 years before the story begins. So the two dimensions are quite similar. Yeah. The, the, geographically, they are identical. It's oh, just yes. A handful yep. of things about those geographies uh, that are different, the characters in them that are different. So a, a lot of the game is spent in one dimension or the other, and it's pretty obvious. Um, you There's actually a point where you can't travel back to the other dimension for a good long while, where it just yep. prevents you from getting to that one point in the world map where you can activate the item to travel between dimensions. But it also means like there were parts in the game and I've, I've beaten Chrono Cross twice and the, I additionally have played 75% of that game another time. And I still could not remember places where to go. So I oh, think yeah. I need to go to a ship now, but like which world and what do I need to do to activate? Like I have a vague memory of doing this thing, but I need to activate some other quest first to get there and i played it again using a guide yep. and i'm sitting there like come on how, how? Would- i'm like i'm paying attention to this game i'm actively involved playing it i had no idea that's where i was supposed to go yeah. it's clue. horribly frustrating and it, it i think it is the game's major weakness mm-hmm. is that uh you just don't don't know where to go so unlike chrono trigger which is so perfect like almost perfectly crafted to move you through what feels like a branching story but has is very linear or feels like an adventure but it's very linear uh 
Chrono Cross just leaves some of that stuff open for, for a time. So Well, and I think Chrono Trigger does that too because even though there's often only kind of one logical next step, the the game has both a big overarching story and then little side stories. And I'm not even talking about the end where they're literal like optional side stories right. for each of the characters. So like you'll take a little break and go back to 600 AD and do something with Magus or whatever and go to the future and do some robo stuff. And and that that just kind of all feeds into the main kind of narrative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're uh, you. I felt m- much more in Crow Trigger like I had this team by the end, like, um, like like I felt very invested in everybody. While while in Chrono Cross, it's all about Surge and Kid and Lynx, right. and everybody else was just kind of tools in my party. Until you're, especially because half you know, or a third of the way through the game, you lose all of your party members and you have to start over again. Um, right. which right. lose you lose your investment in those original characters too. So um, it certainly has its, its downsides. The, the great thing about each of these games though, is that once you've powered through them once you can play new game plus. Now is Chrono Trigger the first new game plus game. I, I know this is a big deal in both um, Chrono Trigger and cross, at least like cross in my strategy guide makes a big deal. Like the new game plus systems back, blah, 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 blah. Um, I don't. Yeah. Rem- I don't know if the other Square games had it, or what. Um. So I'm looking here on the Giant Bomb Wiki page, and New Game Plus, like the name New Game Plus, and I'm the here like way of going through multiple endings, like the use of it as as a way to experience the game again in a different way, is specific to Chrono Trigger. But the idea okay. of continuing a game again uh, is a little bit older than that, and uh, I guess I could look at the all the, the games in the list, but I guess my question the reason was, for at, playing at, new game plus. Yeah. At this point now, it kind of seems like a given, like a lot of games have some equivalent of that. Um, I mean, even games like shadow complex or, um, uh, gosh, I don't know. Even like, like risen evil sure. ha- have, have, have modes like that where you like, you can keep your weapons or whatever and replay the game. Um, or you unlock like a super hard mode or whatever after you beat the game. That's super common. But yeah. the idea the idea of giving you an incentive to replay a single player game was very, very new at that point, even in, in the case of Colonel Cross. Yeah, especially because uh, the incentive that you describe is not just beat the game again, but beat the game in a different way. So New Game right. Plus allows you to experience the game's multiple endings, mm-hmm. uh, which is where, you know, depending on the time when you go to Lavos in Chrono Trigger or when you go to the uh, time devour or devour of time or whatever in, in Chrono Cross. Um, That's what's so crazy. It's like you in both these games, you can fight the end boss whenever you want. Yep. Now Chrono Cross, you can't do it until the second playthrough, but uh, there are endings in both games designed that are to be so difficult to attempt early on that they're meant to have you play it at least once through, if not more than that. So, okay. So Chrono cross only has two possible endings the first time through the good ending and the bad ending right the credits ending and the actual story ending um, whereas Chrono trigger there's a point in the game where you can do certain things and get different endings but for the most case most of the endings in both of the games are only available in new game plus that's true yeah so i mean you could go conceivably go to the day of lavos the first time you get to the end of time in Chrono trigger i do i can't imagine how you're going to win that <laughs> in the first playthrough um 
you just get destroyed automatically. If you could figure out a way, if you could cheat, if you know if you're using Game Genie or whatever, you could beat that the first time through. But basically, it's, it's New Game Plus, so it allows you to explore how the world is different based on your actions in each of those, which is really fun. Have, I haven't really done. I would say I probably have done half of the Chrono Trigger ones, and I have never done the Chrono Cross alternate endings. I watched them all on YouTube this morning. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've never got I always just get the the one good ending. Yeah. Always meaning like the twice I've played through it now. Right. So But yeah, a, a neat system. Especially fun where Chrono Trigger for me is as much about all the places that I get to go and all the things that I get to see as it is about the combat system. So that version of New Game Plus allows me to like just re-experience everything again. Uh, and it's especially good for you know playthroughs many years after the case, whereas the um, the Chrono Cross one I think just makes the game more playable. Yeah, yes, because that's when fast forward is introduced in particular. So, um, it took me. I don't know what you were saying, Jay, but my my save for my Chrono Cross is at like forty five hours. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh. My new game, my my uh, first game was like thirty thirty five, and my new game plus now is like well, oh, I beat it in eighteen hours, yeah. nineteen hours. So Please. I I did a lot of side stuff in the middle section of my Chrono Cross, which I probably shouldn't have done because I wanted to yeah. just be be done with it. But that game is really long, like way, way longer than I expected it to be. I kept thinking like, oh, I only have a few hours to the end, a few hours to the end, and I just didn't remember how long everything took. So the nice thing about New Game Plus, like I didn't really care about recruiting characters. Oh yeah, because I was just going to get them back at the end anyway. Yeah. Um. So yeah, but both of these mecha- games are mechanically fun. I think Chrono Cross is totally worth playing if you have a strategy guide walkthrough that you want to go through. Um, yeah, I- even just a walkthrough is fine. You really just need nudging because once you know where to go. Once you're there, it's mm-hmm. not hard to figure out what to do. And sometimes, like, the walkthroughs will have, oh, you know, set this trap element so that you can steal this element from a boss or steal this item from a boss or use this Absolutely. tactic against a boss. And, and that stuff helps. Mostly just guiding you where to go, like you said, is important. Whereas in Chrono Trigger, you don't really, I mean, unless you get lost, you should not need a walkthrough for that game. Like it'll, no way. It'll give you some secrets. Um, but otherwise, you're going to be able to, to do the entire thing on your own, which is a bummer because if they could like redo Chrono Cross and fix a lot of those mistakes, I think people would have a fonder appreciation for what the game attempted to be. I agree. So video game stories. Do you have anything else to say about the the mechanics of these games? I don't, but I do think we should take a break real fast, real fast. All right. Should I clap? Is this a thing we do? Yeah. Okay, so let's talk some about the stories of these games. Let's do it. So, uh, I, I mean, I love particularly the, the story of Chrono Trigger. It's just a nice, compact little story. 
Um, and it, it builds and builds. It does. Like it it kind of starts very small. modest mm-hmm. and only kind of slowly reveals its cards to you about how kind of wacky and right. far-reaching it is. Because uh, So, you know, you start off the game, you're at the fair, someone goes in the teleporter box, Mar goes in the teleporter box, and you're like, shit, where'd she go? And then she'll drop this pendant. So you, you go after her. And then at that point, it's not until a little after that you actually, the map actually shows you where you ended up, but you end up in 600. You find out that she is the descendant, or she's, you know, the princess, and she's the descendant of this lineage. The family, you get involved in that little story. You're like, okay, we're good. Like, we just we just resolve this little thing. You go back to the present. Right. It's this wacky, just short little kid time traveling adventure. Right. And it's like, oh, you kidnapped the princess. Now we're going to put you in jail. We're gonna, put, well, we're gonna put you on trial. On a show trial. Yeah. Put you in jail. Yep. You escape from jail, Easy. and then during your escape, you end up going into a time portal, which takes you to the future. Right. Where you realize that there's this thing called Lavos, who, three hundred years before where you are now, destroys everything. Right. And that's no good. Yeah. So you're in twenty four hundred in the year nineteen ninety nine or four hundred years. Twenty twenty three hundred. Twenty three hundred. That's right. Twenty four hundred is the year that the time crash happens. That's that's when <laughs> Panopolis goes back in time to twelve thousand BC. Shh. Oh, sorry. Um, so yeah, three hundred is where you are in uh, twenty three hundred, and then you realize like, oh shit! Like, there's the world is in ruins. We can probably prevent this thing if we can go back in time, and that's at the point where you know you go back to prehistoric era. You realize when Lavos landed. Then right. you realize. Because you've learned about all this, you're like, well, I guess I got to stop this. This is no good. Right. Seems seems no good. And then you find out that this guy, Magus, is trying to summon Lavos. So you're like, well, we need to go beat him. And Frog has... Well, you actually, I believe, first think he made Lavos. Oh, yeah. He, you, well, you think he summoned Lavos, like brought right. him into the world. But you, exactly. Yes, you yes. did. Yes. Uh, so you, you go to fight him, and then you get pulled into this insane dimensional vortex where you get pulled farther back in time. Um. And yeah, the, the, the story proceeds that you've the pinnacle, or I would say that the, the, the peak of the story is when you go to zeal and you realize that everything that's going on in the game was like set in motion at a very specific set of time by individuals who were trying yes. to use the power of Lavos to control magic and, in the future and in the world. And Zeal's a real turning point in the game. It, it's, it's where the, the game not only reveals kind of how it, all the kind of disparate elements connect, and how big and crazy the story is, but also where kind of the linearity stops a little bit and mm-hmm. you start to have some options. Um, so, yeah, by the time you you finish Zeal, you go into the Undersea Palace, you destroy the Mammon Machine, then, like, that world gets ripped apart, you get flung into the... F- or Chrono dies, <laughs> and the rest right. of the characters right. get... Flung. Fighting Lavos. Yeah. Because they're so in in Zeal, the Mammon machine is they discover Lavos. He's this big is this alien parasite who's sucking the energy out of Earth. But they find he's full of energy, so we can build this machine to extract energy from right. him. So for this yeah. is this is a bad idea. Pretty bad idea. We we built this whole undersea palace to get close to him. We try to hook up this machine, and we can't control the power. So so. You have all the like the three sages dudes telling everybody like this is probably a bad idea. You shouldn't do this. Right. Um, the three sages whom you've met already in their or two of them you've met or three of them you've met already in their other forms. You're like, oh shit. Yes, you, yeah, that's true. You do sort of meet Balthazar. Yeah, I was gonna say you don't ever meet him, but you do. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah. So anyway, so so that's that's when Chrono dies because they start to turn on the man machine. They're sucking the energy out of Lavos. Lavos wakes up and is like, oh, "I'm gonna fight you guys." And so then Chrono sacrifices himself, uh, and everybody gets thrown in time. The 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 three so Magus get, gets thrown in time. Who turns out was this like sage? Not a sage, but he's like son. He's he got like cloak over his the, head. He's the prophet. He's the prophet. Okay. okay. So he gets thrown back up a step. Okay. What's up? What's up? When you everyone gets thrown back in time to Zeal after you fight Magus, Magus Magus ends up in Zeal and is a, disguises himself as his prophet because he's trying to to could guide what happens to uh, the Undersea Palace and Lavos. Okay, but Magus is from Zeal. Yes. So he's back to Zeal. So he goes to six hundred and then back to Zeal. Yes. Okay. That's and, right. And he goes back okay. to Zeal and he sees his like little kid version of himself. That's right. Yes. Who's right. uh, Janice or Yanis or whatever you want to call him. Who's sure. The, who's the, the little kid, the little brother of Shala, who are both the or both the, uh, the children of Queen Zeal, the queen of the place. Okay. So go to there. Then you got to figure out how to revive Chrono. You realize you could do it with this thing called the time egg, which will open up a very specific portal to that moment in time where yep. you can replace Chrono with an alternative chrono, which is just a little dummy that you get, bring yeah, him out and save him. Yeah, he's like way into like Alanis Morissette and like, I don't know, alternative bands. That's not a very good alternative band. Uh, my favorite alt band, Alanis Morissette. Ah, yeah. If, if it was when Chrono Trigger was a game, maybe that would be a fair reference. I don't think so. <laughs> He's like he likes Ockerville River. Is that good enough? But no, that's not, that's not in the same time frame though. Damn it! Uh, Smashing Pumpkins. There you go. Okay, great. Alt rock. Yep. Quintessential alt rock. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you you get that at that point. The game opens up, and you can do all these side quests, and then you have to go defeat Lavos. And when you defeat Lavos, you save the future. Yay! Everything is great. Mm-hmm. Um. The thing about Chrono Cross is that Chrono Cross's story, while seemingly unrelated to Chrono Trigger, intersects with everything that happens in Chrono Trigger. So Chrono, it's it's a true sequel in that you could play like the first bit of Chrono Cross and have no idea that it's a Chrono Trigger related game, yes. let alone sequel. Yeah, I mean, some um, of the words seem familiar. You're like, oh. Someone mentioned the poor army, which is like a, one of the regions of the the area from Chrono Trigger. Like, I know poor or I know Guardia. Like, those are words right. that are familiar to me. Yeah, like you might be like, okay, I guess this is in the same world, but this seems like no, not related at all. And it really is like um, a lot of that doesn't reveal itself till the very, very end of the game. But but it's it's a true sequel in that all of Chrono Trigger has happened. It's done. It's happened. Yes. And now we're going to start to think about some of the consequences of that game. And consequences of time travel in a way that the original game didn't think yeah. of. So Chrono Cross is set in this archipelago, mm-hmm. which is, takes place on the same planet as Chrono Trigger, which is confusing because when you play Chrono Trigger, it seems like that is the planet. Like when you fly around in the Epic and you wrap from one side to the other, it seems like that is supposed to be the planet. So that's like that is a point where you have to say, okay, that original game had... A, a technological limitation, and B, they just hadn't accounted for what they wanted to do with the story. So we have to cut them some slack and say that these land masses that we see are just small continents in a, a bigger world, and that yes. the world of Chrono Cross, the, uh, did you say El Nido or El Nido? 
I say El Nido. I also say Pore. Oh, well, I say Pore, and I say El Nido as well. Um, no, I say El Nido because it's like El, uh, El Nino. Okay. So, regardless that that is that is part of the same planet, so that the stuff that happened in the Chrono Trigger world on those main continents could have an effect in the Chrono Cross world. Yes. Like that, you have to just buy into that. That that is okay. And it's it's twenty years after what was considered modern day right. in Chrono Trigger, I believe. Yes. So it's, it's, it's ten, 10 20. Correct. So um, in 1000 AD in Chrono Trigger, everything is happy. That is the modern era. That is where the game resolves itself. Um, and then on this continent, is that in what year is Surge born in ni- uh, 990, I think? Something. No. Sur- well, I don't know when Surge is. Surge might be born in 1002. So the, the big Surge, there's two Surge incidents. Yes. Okay. The, the incident with the storm where he makes contact with the frozen flame, that's in 1006. Yes. Then the time split where Lynx kills Surge in another world while kids save Surge in the home world, that happens in 1010. Okay, yes. Okay. And that, so and ten, And then the game takes place ten, 10 years 20. after that yeah. in ten twenty. So there is a version of the world where Surge is dead, and that's called uh Homeworld. Mm-hmm. And there's a version of the world where Surge still lives, and that's called Another World. Right. So this is kind of the neat thing that, that the game's exploring, right? So in Chrono Trigger, you're moving back and forth through time, you're changing things for the better. Right. But when you cause things that cause other things to not ever have happened. What happens to those timelines and also what happens when you make these change, you know, other changes, do they split off? Do they go away? What, what's happening here? So in the, the plot of Chrono Cross, the basic plot is you are surge. You go down to the beach with your girlfriend one day and suddenly like you, you have a premonition or you have this like memory of you being killed or being attacked by Panthers you're like, what is going on? Um, you do a bunch of stuff. And then when you're down at the beach, you get pulled into this alternative dimension where when you leave the beach, you realize this is a world in which you are no longer alive. Right? Right. Right. So that is like you're trying to resolve, like, who am I? Like, how did I get here? There are some people in this world who recognize me, like, and know that I shouldn't be in this world. And that's weird. So um, Lynx in particular, who is this. Uh, general of an army that is formed in this world that is not in your old world. He's like a, he looks like a cat. He's like a cat man. Yeah. He looks like a lynx, not like an Atari lynx, but rather a, like a mountain right. cat. Although he does, if you turn him upside down, he still works. Yeah. If you're left-handed. Yeah. Um, and then there's this character kid who is in this world who like kind of knows who you are too and wants to team up with you because she's out to get links and she wants you to help her. Uh, right. Get links. That's all you know. In much like Chrono Trigger, you feel like a small cog in this big machine, even more so than Chrono Trigger, I guess. Mm-hmm. Is that all you know is like Kid really wants to get Surge. She hates him, and she knows something about you. Lynx wants this thing called the Frozen Flame, and Harl, who is his like assistant, boy, is she into that thing? Yeah, way into it. But you don't really know what that thing is. Everybody says it's powerful. Some people say it's like a myth, and but but you don't really know kind of what it is. Um, I'm trying to think. Well, so, yeah, you're in this alternative dimension. Um, 
you meet you meet kid and you're like okay we're gonna go and we're gonna try we she says that there's this thing called the frozen flame mm-hmm. and she knows where it is it's in the manor where the the army is headquarters Viper Manor. Viper Manor. If we can go to Viper Manor, we can get the frozen flame, and then maybe you can figure out who you are and why you're dead in this world, and we can resolve stuff. Um, so in that process, you go to Viper Manor, you you break into there, and Lynx ends up in a battle killing or poisoning Kid. And it's okay. So you get whisked away to one of the, the villages where there's a doctor who's going to take care of Kid, and she says, like, okay... We need to find this cure for her, her poison, but it doesn't exist. Like, you need to kill this Hydra, or you need to get from a Hydra, but Hydras don't exist in our world. That's the first time we're like, okay. Wait a minute. It. I know about this other world. Yeah. I'll go it. get some Hydras there. Got to go back. So, yeah. Um, you go through there. There's actually multiple options at this point. So you can choose to go and get the antidote and save her, or you can choose not to. And the choice that you make ends up reflecting on the types of characters that you can get and that you meet along the way, as opposed to whether or not she lives, because she's a story character, so she'll live. Um, what is the, what's the next big important plot point? Man, like the actual like beats of the game, I felt like at, at, by the end of the game and this morning, I was so focused on like how does all this stuff yeah. come together. Um. He needs all right, wait a minute. He needs the Masamune. Is this when this happens? No, it's like way late. Uh not no, not necessarily. I think it's that's a little different. Um Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. What about Fort Dragonia? Are we oh, going there yet? Yeah, we can go there. Let's go to Fort Dragonia. Okay, all right, yes. So after you choose to save her or or not, um you end up going to this place where you think that Lynx has gone to take the frozen flame with him. It's called Fort Dragonia. And in Fort Dragonia, once you go into this, this dungeon, you battle all the stuff, you get to the top of it. Um, and this is like the same scene that occurred at the beginning of the game. So the beginning of the game is a flash forward to things that are going to happen. This short, like premonition. Yeah. Um, so you go through all this, you go through Fort Dragonia and in the process, when you're up there, Lynx, who's your rival, changes bodies with you and then uh stabs kid and leaves you behind so he is now surge and you the the player are now lynx the villain right uh you get sucked into a dimensional warp dimensional vortex uh, and after you reemerge from that you get to play the game as this other character for a good long while so you're trying to you switch bodies. You switch to element affinities. So you're actually playing the game totally differently. Yes. Yeah. You're now a black character as opposed to a white uh, affinity character. Um, trying to think what happens then. So, oh, uh, you can't travel across dimensions anymore. Oh, yeah. So it like locks up that part like, of the map. Yeah, they're like, you're trapped back in the home world. Oh, because you don't have your amulet. That's, right. that's why. Yeah. That's right. That sounds right. Um, so, so the goal now is I got to be surge again. Right. Yeah. So there, yeah, I, there's just, I, f- I feel like now it's like the Masamuni Einlander stuff. Uh, I did not do that stuff. Okay. Necessarily because I was in, did wait, did you just choose to save kid or not? Yeah, I saved kid. Okay. Yeah. So in one of them, if you don't save kid, then you can get, uh, Glenn right then. Glenn? Yeah, I, yeah, I Glenn. didn't. 
Otherwise, you don't get Glenn. Um, I'm looking at the walkthrough right now, trying to remember exactly where everything is. Do you need to... When you got to get the... All right, at some point, as Lynx, you need to go to the six dragons. Oh, you know what? You know what the problem was? What's that? I skipped... Did I skip forward? No, I did not skip forward. Hang on. We're, we're, Chrono Cross is difficult to understand. Fire Dragon, Gigantic Loop. Okay, here's... Okay, there's the boss fight links. Dimensional Vortex. Um, yeah, so you're, you're now links. You figure out where you are. And you, you realize that now that you have access to this other section of Homeworld, which is the world in which Surge is dead... Um, originally this world is like totally fucked Mm -hmm. so viper manor is destroyed all of the like military leaders who are part of it are gone from this world they all got swallowed up um in a in a storm trying to like battle something or adventure somewhere so you are basically just trying to figure out how to become surge again uh in the process you come across a character that you'd come across previously in the other world named fargo who is a boat a ship captain and his ship in this world is very different than the other one and in you the put him in a wood chipper yeah. don't you know don't you know i think i'm gonna barf um and you figure out that what he has done is locked away the sage who can teach you how to get to the place that you need to go to so that you can switch bodies back to being surge again right the sage of marble so then that's how you figure out how to go to death's door, which is this area on the map that's been covered in clouds that you don't know how to access. Right. So that's, that's pretty good. That is where the Masamune stuff comes in with. Garai. Okay. That's right. Cause you need that to like break through the red glowy stuff to get into death's door. Where the right. Yeah. And then, Not Chronopolis, the dead sea, the dead sea. Yes. Yeah. With the, the destruct, the destroyed Chronopolis. Right. So there is, you, you go into this big area that you've never seen before. And it's called the dead sea. And in the center section, everything, it's weird because the map looks like it's frozen. Like, it looks like waves were crashing and then just stopped. Right. So every, unlike everywhere else where everything is animated, this is, looks like it's frozen in time, which it turns out it is frozen in time. So there's, you go through the ruins of the city that are in this area. And at the end of it is the first time that you really realize that this game links to Chrono Trigger. So, no uh, pun intended. It it really links to Chrono Trigger. Yeah. There is a cross between the two. <laughs> Great. Even better. <laughs> Even better. Um, so in this area, you start figuring out that, okay, they're, like, there's, these weird ruins are somehow involved in time travel. Um, mm-hmm. And you get to the end of it, and the place that you arrive is a bell. A very familiar bell, if you've played Chrono Trigger. It is Lane's Bell. And... If, a couple times during this, you've seen like these like little ghost apparitions of characters on the screen who like look at you. They may say something, they run away. Um, if you are very observant, you're looking at them close. It is obviously Chrono, Luca, and Marl. And so at the end of this section is when you realize the, the, where like the story all gets wrapped up into like the larger thing. So there's character Miguel who you fight and he tells you like, Hey, I was your father's friend and um, you were attacked by Panthers and we went right. out, we went out there because uh, we heard that there's or we were trying to go to Marble, which is one of the villages such as out in the ocean. We're trying to go there because we thought that they could heal you. And on the way there with your father, that's not the panther thing. He just gets sick. 
He just gets. I thought he got attacked and was poisoned. Mm, yes, he gets poisoned, but I don't think it's by Panthers back at that point. Oh, I thought it was a bite. Let's let's look. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm like twirling a uh, what you call it dowel rod. I gotta stop doing that. At the age of three, Surge was wounded by a panther demon while playing and taking out to ah, sea. Yes. Wazuki and his friend Miguel, in an attempt to save him, take to Marbule. And in the process, that night when they are on the sea, there's a big storm. Got it. Okay. So this is that's where that's confusing. So when he dies, because, because what we're talking about now happens in both timelines, this is because this is before the timeline split. Yes. Because because the weird incident, this is where like Lynx becomes his dad. <laughs> yes. Slash so. slash the machine that runs Chronopolis. Yeah, but in this in this case, what happens is that Surge is the arbiter. They, of... they go out to sea. Right. Okay. Yep. They go out to sea. Uh, in this time, there, there's one timeline when they are successful. Right. No. No, no I don't not. think so. I think they're both. So later, it, it, because, okay, so it's later that. Yes, you're right. In, right? in one timeline, Surge at the age of like 10 ish, let's say. At, at, it, this is four, four years after this. He's drowns. drowning. He's drowning. He drowns. In one timeline, Kid saves him. And in the other, his crazy dad, who'd been corrupted by Surge's greatest fear at the time, a Panthers. panther. He becomes Lynx and just just lets him drown. Yes. Okay. So in this timeline, the one that we're talking about, like the, the plot of the game or whatever. We understand this game. Okay. What happened? They go and they find out that when they, they went out to sea, there was a big storm that washed them in this place that no one had ever been before. They stumble upon this building. They go inside. Power's and, out. Yeah, and they the, there's this thing in the center. And they the, just for whatever reason, they bring their son to this magical glowing power and it heals him. So that is that at that point is the frozen flame. That thing's the frozen flame. So it's, so for those you play at home, it's surge touching the frozen flame, which he can do because the power in this facility has gone out. Mm-hmm. It's shut down for some reason for a couple minutes. This is important because other things are happening that we don't know at this time. Like dragons might be making a seventh dragon. Yeah. <laughs> um, so at slash clown slash. So yeah, you go you go to this you you defeat Miguel you figure out what is going on, um, you go back into the world and then it's at this point in the game that you can like you, you fight your way through the manor or the ruins of the manor to to get yourself to Lynx, uh huh, who's in the manor, so that you can. Switch bodies with links? Oh I man! No, I don't know, man. I've totally, I've totally lost, totally lost where we're supposed to be. I'm looking at the. No, you don't switch bodies yet. Of course not. I know what happens. Okay. It's a late on us. It's at this point in the game, there's a mechanism that you find out that there are these dragon gods. Okay. Are, oh my gosh. Yeah. Of course, we haven't done any of this yet. There are these dragon gods that have laid dormant in this world, uh, in the other in the other world. They're, they're, they're split between the two 
home right. world and other another world universes. Which is an interesting point. We know there's six dragons, but for some reason, each one only exists. There, there's one total between the two dimensions. Right. So they've been split between the two dimensions. There's not duplicates of each. So each of these dragons resides on an island or in a specific area. So if you go visit one island in one dimension, they are not there. That's or, right. Or, or there's something wrong with that island in the other dimension. There's it, it appears totally different. So I think this is one of the more confusing parts of playing the game because you don't know which world you're supposed to be in to find out where the dragons are um but that is besides the plot point so what you do is you go through all these dimensions you're collecting the powers of the six dragons or five dragons which is six dragons well it goes like blue yellow red green then you fight the black dragon I, okay right then, then the sky dragon then there's yeah. like the final dragon is like okay you've got the other five dragons now you can fight that's me. right let's let's see what happens um so it's at that point you fight the the sixth dragon and they give you their power. And they say, okay, clearly you're meant to be like, you are the chosen one for whatever reason. Take this object. Is it the dragon's tier? The dragon tier. Okay. Yeah. And you got another dragon's tier when you switched bodies with links. So, so now you have two. Yeah. There's the um, tier of love and the tier of hate, which combines yes. become That's the dragon tier. So you basically get these, these they, two they, things. They, they combine to become the Chrono Cross, don't they? No. Oh shit. That's a little okay. bit later. Yeah. So once once you have once you have whatever this artifact is, you go to one of the, the sage dragon or the woman who's a sage of the town or the village of um Goldov, and she gives you the dragon tier. You're like, yes, now that I have the dragon tier, this is what I need to get my bodies to switch back, right? Two, you need two of them because there's that part where there's two pedestals and you put them both on there. Yes. Um, boss fight. Oh my god. You know, it's. I thought it was going to be more confusing to try to go through what the, the game means, but the plot of the game is also you, difficult. It's so crazy. It's so crazily difficult. Okay, so it's at this point that um, everything seems to be in place, but you need to get... Actually, I guess you don't have to get the Master Mean at this point. No. No. So what you're doing is you're, you're going to take the Dragon Tier, and you're going to go back to the fort, that fort that you went yep. through the first time, Fort Dragonia. And when you get to the end of that fort, you're going to be able to... That's right. Go up there, you, or you get in there, and then the the bad version, the dark surge, is there. So, like, okay, if we get to this point, we could switch links. Links in surge's body, right. aka dark surge. We could we could switch bodies back. Ah, uh, but they don't switch bodies back. Yep. So you fight dark surge, and then dark surge disappears. No, you do switch bodies back. No, doesn't he stay as dark surge? No, it's at this point when sw- okay. Yeah. So at this point is when you switch bodies back and you become regular old Surge again. And okay. and Lynx goes off. Lynx is like, well, I, I, I'm i not Surge anymore, but I still am going to try to get this thing done. I'm going to try to get to the uh, the Frozen Flame. Got it. So it's at this point when the Sea of Eden unlocks, which is the Dead Sea in the other world. And the Sea of Eden you, you go into and then that's where you fight the Fates or the one of the Fates. Right. Right. And then... Right? Yes. 
you fight one of the fates who's protecting this area, and then it reveals to you that hidden, cloaked inside this area was the city of Chronopolis, which is this like mega tower structure, which is the ru- or what you saw the ruins of in the other world in the Dead Sea. That's right. Okay, yeah. this is where the end game starts getting crazy. Yes, this is what I was trying to piece together. <laughs> this is fun going through this. This is it. Yes, it has a lot to do with the shortcomings of the way the story is told in this game, but it's also enjoyable. Also. It all works. It all makes sense. Or it actually does not all make sense, but it largely makes sense. So you go into this city, Chronopolis, and you realize that there are these like ghost figures in there who seem to be just like workers. And you talk to them, and they're basically narrating things that have happened in the past. You can tell because it's not a dialogue bubble. It just kind of appears on the screen like a phantom kind of way. That mm-hmm. these people have been doing experiments in this place for a long time. time. Yeah, for a long yeah, time. Yes. Yeah, this is like a time research facility. Right. So they're trying to figure out, like, oh, how how could we go through time? How could we travel through time? Like, they're, they're certainly running an experiment that deals with time. Um, so you get to the end of this, and you realize that, oh, like, the thing that's been controlling this facility is this computer manifested in the game as a monster called fate right right okay so you be like oh we need to destroy fate because fate has been controlling all the like terrible shit that's been going on and if we control this thing that has been controlling time then obviously we can save our universes and you learn that even more darkly than that that those things called the records of fate mm-hmm. aka save points throughout the game are actually devices used by fate to subtly control everybody on this archipelago. Right. So they make small decisions in people's lives to guide them in certain ways so that the the archipelago of the world turns out like fate wants it to turn out. Right. And also dissuades people from interacting with the rest of the Mm -hmm. um, planet. Yeah. Um, So you defeat fate. And then what happens when you defeat fate is you realize that fate actually wasn't necessarily the bad thing that you thought it was all along and the character harl who is the like sidekick to links from the beginning of the game has been it's harley harley but Uh, she's it's it's harley or harla because it's it's like a harlequin yeah right yeah what i say didn't you say harla no i said harl oh harl yeah harl doesn't make sense harla yeah harla I think Harla makes sense. Har- I guess it, Harla. Maybe Harl. I mean, okay. It doesn't really matter. You say Marl, so you say Harl. Okay. Some people say All Marley, right. so... Which I think is weird. Because she's not a dog. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> funny. Like she, she is dressed like a Harlequin. So, sure. Um... You realize that she was actually working for the Dragon Gods all along, who wanted you to destroy fate so the Dragon Gods could rise to power again. That's right. Um, and what you didn't know is that there was a seventh dragon god. So all the, the six dragon gods formed together into this one massive dragon god. And Seven, that, The seventh is Harl. Yeah. Well, it's not. I mean, it's not actually Harl. Like, that was just like the projection of the dragon god into the world to interfere with everything. See, no, I think it is. But the, sec- the, the seventh dragon god was dormant. So. And, and made Harl to interfere with fate or to interfere not, with you. So you interfere with fate. No. So my understanding <laughs> is that, so fate and the frozen flame. Mm-hmm. All right. So they're Chron- Chronopolis is keeping the dragons down. Yes. Right. 
Yes. So we all okay. So Kid is the one guiding Surge and crew to Chronopolis when he got bit by the Panther Demon mm-hmm. and shuts down the power in Chronopolis to take the security measures down to let him touch the Chrono or the Frozen Flame. So my understanding is that when the the power's down and everybody's not looking, the six dragons team up and make the seventh dragon. Which is Harl. Huh. And and beca- and and because they don't have much knowledge of humanity besides their interaction with with fate, they just make her look like the only human they know, which would be Kid. Which is why Harl and Kid look so much alike. Huh. See, I have a different take. My my take is a little different on it. Okay. That there were always there was there was always like one main dragon god. Yes, we know that. Yes. We know that the one dragon was split into the six dragons. Six dragons. Yes, yeah. obviously. So what happens is that because that these the six dragons can't do anything, they create kind of like what you're saying. They create Harl so that mm-hmm. she can interfere with the world, so that she can lead you to yes. destroy fate. So that well, the, the, well, the dragons. That's can come why back she to power. wants to get the frozen flame because she's sent by the six dragons to 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 disrupt the block that they've got on the dragon so they can all yes. reform. Yeah. And then they reform into the one dragon mm-hmm. who brings like rises to power in uh what was one of the islands, lifts from the ground, much like the Black Omen. Right. Which is this city that you realize is the parallel world equivalent of Chronopolis. Right. Dinopolis? Dinopolis. So it's at this point you find out that this stuff is linking back to what happens in Chrono Trigger. So in Chrono Trigger, Lavos uh, collides with the Earth in 65 million. Mm-hmm. And in one timeline, the, the you know, I want to say like caveman effectively of Earth, you right. are like transformed or mutated by Lavos into the smart beings that they eventually become. There's yes. another timeline in which the dinosaurs, the reptites, Maintain power, stay in power, and continue to rule the Earth for all time. Right. So they go on to build Dinopolis, whereas the humans build Chronopolis. So is that your well, understanding? Not, well, sort of. So Chronopolis, this, that's something that – this is what's very frustrating. So Balthazar makes Chronopolis mm-hmm. for, after he's thrown into 2300. And it seems like he's just making it for shits and grins. Like he's just he's like I'm a I'm a time studying dude. I'm gonna make this thing. Oh yes. So this is this is happening in the Chrono Trigger universe. Is like exactly. after the events of Chrono Trigger, Balthasar, the guru of I can't remember which one. Yeah. But he's he's I, the one who builds the epic, the Wings of Time. Right. He's yep. like I'm gonna keep studying time. I'm gonna and he goes to build the city in the future, which in 2400 AD conducts is is conducting experiments. Well, what he does is is. Uh, so he's got that. He finds the frozen flame, which is the like shard of Lavos that broke off during mm-hmm. his fall to Earth. It's got a lot of power, and he uses it to power his research facility. Yes. He uses the mother brain technology that was used to make the robos and kind of makes a 2.0 version and turns it into fate. And that's yes. what runs the facility, which is – and fate is also powered by the frozen flame. Now, fate is kind of semi – 
um, sentient and like controls all the like base computer functions of the whole city. Yes. So after this is all going on, so Belthazar's just doing this because he's he's like a sage scientist guy. He's a curious research dude. That's what scientists doing, do. That's what scientists do. Uh, and he's interested in time. But then Belthazar learns that Lavos was not destroyed, that he was just sent to the darkness beyond time, this like waste basket for all of the nullified timelines. And he learns that there – we haven't said the word Shala yet. But we, he learns about what's happened with Lavos and Shala and all this stuff, and he goes, oh, man, this is real bad. They've got plans to go back and start screwing stuff up again. So i got to start making a plan to undo all this crap. So he devises the idea of the Chrono Cross and this plan to send his facility back in time to stop all this from happening. So he, so he sets this plan in motion. Mm-hmm. But then he builds another epoch and goes back to like 1010 or 1020 or something. That's why you find that wrecked epoch inside Viper Manor. Exactly. Chronopolis then goes back to 12,000 BC. AKA Zeal. AKA Zeal. Now, this is the confusing part. So they're there to stop the events of Chrono Trigger. But what actually happens is. Earth in like a or or I don't know what like in a self-correcting move sends Dinopolis from the future as this like balancing of stuff. Right. So Chronopolis goes back in time. So Earth just rips Dinopolis and throws it back in time as well. Throws it forward in time. From what? Oh oh wait. It, oh I see. So they, they're coming. They're meeting in the center basically. Right. So sixty-five so, million or. However, after 65 million right, whatever. meets with 2300 right. AD. So that's the idea is that – so the reptites, somewhere between 65 million and 12,000, the reptites evolve into what becomes Dinopolis yeah. and is this very advanced city. So they meet kind of in the middle and they fight. Right. Chronopolis wins and subjugates – Dinopolis. Dinopolis, which is primarily – the the dragon god, which they then break into the six dragon gods and then just basically make lie dormant until we get to where we are now. Is that, is that all right? Yes. It's yeah. like it's like horcruxes. Yes. It's like so they split it up and you have to find them all and assemble them together. There's the line and the circle. Right. And the pyramid. <laughs> um, so the. I'm trying to think of what to talk about next. Just talk about. Is it worth just talking about Shala at this point? I think we should talk about Shala. Okay. So Shala, as I mentioned previously, is the daughter of Queen Zeal in Chrono Trigger, a character that you meet, talk to, play with, or explore. She's the one who has this like magic power. So Queen Zeal is using Shala's magic abilities to help manipulate um, the Mammon machine to interact with Lavos. So what happens in Chrono Trigger is that when uh, you destroy Lavos, or when when Lavos emerges in twelve hundred and destroys Zeal, everyone right. gets thrown into different times. So uh, this little kid Janus gets thrown into about six hundred A.D., where he's discovered by Ozzy and the other members of the the military. So they, they like pick him up. Um, so he has magic powers, so, and then he becomes Magus. Uh, Queen Zeal is killed. We don't know what happens to like Dalton, but then Shala is 
thrust into the world somewhere and we don't know what happens to her. And in the, the end, uh, one of the endings of Chrono Trigger, I think it might just be like the, the main you've done everything ending. Uh, at the end of it, Mega says like, I'm going to go off and look for my sister. That's right. But you haven't seen her anywhere else in the world. So what happens at that point is at that, uh, at that moment, she actually gets fused with Lavos, right? Mm-hmm. Not at that moment, but soon afterwards. They're both kind of lost in time. They're okay. basically sent to the darkness, which is where timelines that no longer exist kind of feed into this place outside of the timeline. Yeah, so she's just like in this pile and eventually becomes one with the other stuff in this pile, which is right. Lavos. Lavos is like, I'm weak. You have magic powers. I'm going to suck you into my Lavosness, mm-hmm. and we're going to combine to form one thing. AKA the time devourer or the dream devourer, which is their initial form, which is revealed in the Chrono Trigger DS secret secret special dungeon, which we (laughs) don't really count. Uh, Yeah. I looked into that. Um, And so then what happens is that Shala is just floating out there in time as like fusing were fused with Lavos cruising through time. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, it's like it's like persona, basically, is what happens. Yeah. What do you mean? Well, you take if you have a level thirty. Oh yeah, fusing Shala and a level fifty Lavos, you can make like a level forty like Time Devourer. Yeah. So, um, she is out there in the world or out there on the timeline, just cruising along, and then she hears, is it she hears Surge as a baby cry? Is that what happens? Yeah. It's so, like she hears something from like beyond her time right. and in like an effort or like a, an act of compassion, she creates this other version of herself that she projects into the world, which is kid who goes out to save search. Right. Correct. Yeah. And, and it's, there's a lot of debate and I don't know where I fall on this about what kid is, is kid a clone is it is it a projection and is in fact like Shala herself? Because there's this idea that, said, that Shala's fighting against Lavos kind of internally. Mm-hmm. Um, the the game does uses she, the does she make kid and send her out or yeah or what? the game uses the term daughter clone, right? Which to me just that sounds means, right. Which to me just means it is like a an offspring that was born into the world. But right. it is born of the exact same DNA. So it is, it's everything because, that Shala is, but it yeah. was just created in the world. So it would be younger than Shala, which is why Kid is a teenager and Shala is an adult. Right. Um, well, Shala would be like really old. Well, billions of years. I don't know how, I don't know how aging goes. T- no, but tens of thousands of years. But when you're moving at the speed of light, you don't age so rapidly. So That's true. Yeah. If she's moving at the speed of light in the darkness beyond time. The so all of this nonsense that we're saying is, is told out of order and really fast in the end game. Yeah. Um, so there's a, a, there's a couple sequences. There's one where when you're in Chronopolis, you're, when you're moving your way through, you exit a door and you're back in Viper Manor all of a sudden. Yes. And you like cross this bridge that you've crossed before and you walk into Balthasar's. You chrono cross that bridge. Hey. You walk into Balthazar's lab up there, which is like a library, and he explains a whole bunch of it to you, um, which is at that point when you go and you fight the time devourer at the end of that. And they say, OK, we need to go back to where this all started. We go back to the beach. You go back to the beach and 
uh, all the kids like Chrono, Marwa, and Luca are there to ex- basically explain everything that happened. So Luca, it turns out in her timeline, um, ends up running an orphanage. So if you remember, her mother was killed when she was young, uh, right? And or at least in one of the timelines, her mother was killed when she was young. And you have an opportunity to actually undo that in Chrono Trigger. Yeah. Oh no, she's not killed. She's just she's just injured, right? She loses her legs in one of the experiments. <sighs> Yes. And the other one, she's walking around. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Remember, she loses legs, and then you have that opportunity to go back, and if you push L-A-R-A right. in the thing, yeah. then, yeah. So, uh, I can't remember what point it was. What point is it that you go to Lucas' house in Chrono Cross? Is it? It's it's burning down. It's where? Before Chronopolis? Oh, shit. I forget. <laughs> Yeah, anyway, so at some point later in the game, you travel to Lucas' house, or you're sent to Lucas' house like with your party uh, in the Chrono Trigger world, and it's burning down. So what she's done is Luca has become a caretaker of an orphanage. She's created her own orphanage. And so she's extended her house so that you see the, the spots of it that you recognize from Chrono Trigger, and then you go into one of the hallways, and in the hallway you see a bunch of pictures that have been drawn by kids. And it's like... Luca and Chrono and Marl and Kid. At which point you realize that Kid was sent. Um, or how did Kid end up with Luca? I, I, my understanding is that she is sent by Shala, like directly to her, like oh. as a baby. Okay, as a baby. That's right. Now I don't know how she like ends up on her doorstep or whatever, right. but th- but my understanding is that's. You know, when when kid is created, she is a little baby. Yeah. So the point that you meet uh, the kid in the in Chrono Cross, she is aged, and Chrono has aged. So basically, Shala hears the crying of Surge when he's a baby when he's been attacked. She sets them off course, like you said, into the Chronopolis area so they can get the frozen flame. She sends Kid out into the world, who's picked up by luca who raises her in an orphanage and then she like leaves her at that point right so kid the projection of shala has had actual physical contact with the character of luca ex- very explicitly especially yes. in the chrono trigger timeline when luca's an adult so it's gonna fast so the whole point basically what you eventually learn is that balthazar has kind of architected everything that's happened in the game right because his main goal is to separate shala and lavos and kill lavos once and for all so he does this is where i feel like it doesn't really make any sense yeah he does this through the mysterious chrono cross which is the seventh element yeah that can unify the two dimensions and separate these guys and heal people and transfer memories and it does all this nonsense it does this is where it like it's like even even reading stuff i'm like no that just doesn't make sense that just straight up how did he invent this crazy thing like yeah that does all this i mean time travel is one thing but this is another so yeah you you get it and you use it in the idea is that everything that has happened in the game like say bioshock was explicitly set in motion to bring about the one moment right Right. In which the game takes place. So, you know, you uh, are attacked by Panthers for a reason. Like you get the, you get blown off course for a reason. You get the frozen flame for a reason. You switch bodies for a reason. You meet all these characters, everything for a reason to lead you to the one moment, which you can travel to 
the darkness beyond time, which is where the Shala Lavos thing exists, which in this game is called the Time Deva- or Devourer of Time. Please say Shala Lavos ten times fast. Shala Lavos, 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 Shala Lavos. <laughs> Almost made it. That's good. That appropriately fell apart. I think that was also nine times. I can't count and do that. It's not bad. Um, and then, yeah, so uh, you, you do, there are two ways to beat the game at this point. You can beat it normally by attacking the Devourer of Time, which is, it is like clearly like this lava looking thing with a like crystal in the middle that has a girl inside of it, aka Shala. So you can just defeat it normally, and when you do that, you get the credits, and the music comes up and shows you like little cutscenes on the side of things that happen to the world. That's the bad ending. Right. The good ending is foreshadowed in that this thing, the Chrono Cross, when you cast an element, when you have the Chrono Cross, it um, has a tone associated with it. Right. So did we say that it's clearly you're fighting the very last boss. Yeah. If you can just beat it, yep. like you beat a boss, and you don't get a, do that, though. No, you get a really unsatisfying ending. Yeah. So you learn that when you have the Chrono Cross and you cast elements, they have a specific tone. Now there's a tone that you can use that done in a certain order will bring the battle to an end. So you need to have everyone with their full elements. You need to cast all the six tones in a row and then use the Chrono Cross to bring the battle to the end. You free Shala from Lavos mm-hmm. separate in the world. You wake up as Chrono on the beach that time that you're supposed to have drowned with your, or when you passed out when you're with your girlfriend at the beginning of the game. And it's as if nothing has ever happened. Right. And then Shala wakes up in an FMV in modern day Tokyo. Yes. <laughs> like totally Battlestar Galactica. So totally Battlestar Galactica. Before. Um, yeah. So that, that like, that's supposed to be the good ending. So everything has been erased. Everything is on track. Balthasar's, uh, Schemes have all been completed. Everything is fine. Mm-hmm. And then there's also at the end of that. So you're still with your, your girlfriend lean from the beginning, but at the end of that sequence, there's like a picture that appears like a painting or a portrait and it's Serge and a blonde who you assume is kid. It looks like they have been married. So it's like foreshadowing into the future that Serge and kid got married at some point, but then also she ends up in, yeah future fmv tokyo like live action tokyo but is that kid or is that shala that's a good question i don't i, I don't know i'm not i'm not that's a good question because like, you're wrong i honestly don't know she's holding the like that bracelet or not the the necklace that has the beads right. on it which is what yes. kid kid wears that's true oh that's a good point but but we see kid we definitely see kid in that time but and we see Shala Freed we don't see what happens to her and we know she's got crazy time powers. Yeah. Um I don't know man. I don't know. But so one of the best resources for deconstructing this game is the Chrono Compendium which Chrono, I, chronocompendium.com is outstanding. It's been around Even, for a long time. And and it has uh plot synopses for Chrono Cross if ours made no sense which it probably didn't but it it has like the the search perspective walkthrough yes. and also the like universe. actual universe walkthrough yeah here's all the um, things that actually happened all right so this is a good time to uh, spin into our list i think yes
Question for you. Okay. This episode's really long. I know it's too long. Do we want to split this into two episodes? Like, do we want to have episode 102 and then part two is special chrono section for people who are interested? I'd say fuck it. Let's make it one okay. long one. One long one. There we go. It, uh, unless you strongly disagree, I don't feel super strong either way. I mean, but... it's 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 already three hours. Jesus, yeah. We still have the list to do. We can also just not do the list. We should do the list though. Yeah, I'd like to do the list. Let's do the list real fast. Let's let's end by eight because I got to go cook a lasagna. Yeah, I have to go make steak. <laughs> you have to cook a lasagna. I'm doing a grilled vegetable lasagna. But that still will take like an hour to bake, won't it? At least an hour. Yeah. Dinner's going to be late. Yeah, dinner's going to be late. I think Megs is mad. I know. We should we should go. Okay. Let's just, whatever we're, you know what? Let's record the rest of this, and then you do whatever you feel is right. Okay. Good morning, Captain. Well, good morning to you. Do another The list. Down on your new so the list with a detailed trying to comprehend the, the plot synopses of chrono triggers and cross what could we possibly make the list about i mean well you know while there's a lot in chrono cross some of which you have to dig deep and tie the connections on yourself mm-hmm. there's a lot left out there is there's actually some uh, some plot holes shockingly enough yeah, shocking some things you might want more of um so what we decided to do this week is do what every every fan of this game has done since they were released which is create our own third of a trilogy across what do what do we want in the third chrono trigger game rounding out the presumed trilogy right what is it? What is our version of Chrono Break? The long rumored and it's terrible, like shot. Yeah, break seriously. Um, shot down. You know, never going to happen. Third game in the Chrono series. So, um, things about combining the best elements of the two games into yeah. resolving some of the plot questions that we have that were left out of the limitations from from Chrono Cross. So let's start with the most obvious part. The no Magus resolution is kind of bullshit. Yes. Right. I don't know. I don't know where that fits, or, or if I need it in a sequel. But that's kind of bullshit. The idea that he says in Chrono Trigger, "I'm going to go find my sister." The sequel is way, way about his sister, mm-hmm. and he is not any part of that game whatsoever. And if you read the material, they talk about how in the original designs of Chrono Cross and Radical Dreamers, they had these ideas for, oh, we'll make this game about Magus, but Magus is actually uh, the character you encounter early in the game. That's like one of the first three that you can recruit. This guy named Guile, who's a magician with purple hair. He looks kind of similar. He wears a mask. And originally they wanted to make Guile Magus, but they realized that the plot just wouldn't make sense. Didn't make sense, yeah. They wanted to do it. So I think a game from, if not from Magus' perspective, but around Magus would be, is like the the starting point for all this. And that brings me to my second point. Like, when does this set? I almost think it makes sense in between Trigger and Cross. Because Cross has an interesting finality to it, at least in the Lavos story. Like, Lavos is really, really unambiguously killed at the end of Cross, at least to my, like, estimation. Um, yeah, I, I, it seems pretty. Unless there's, like, another timeline. 
Well, right. and that and that's another thing I thought. If you want to do it afterwards, so if if Chrono Trigger is about time, and Chrono Cross is about multi dimensions, the one thing we really haven't explored would be space, like setting it somewhere else. In terms of what if Chrono Chrono Trigger three is like the butterfly effect, okay. like we have something really far away where the events affect. I don't know. Yeah. But that might be another way to go if you want to go after the events of Chrono Cross. Yeah, I like I mean I like the idea of setting it parallel to Chrono Cross in another world where the there are like beats that happen in Chrono Cross that are reflected in this other world in ways that are not like necessarily obvious at first, but then you can make those connections. Be like Yeah, exactly. Oh, That's yeah. exactly it. Yeah. Um and the question is like is there more to this planet? Or do you want to set it on like an entire different planet in an entire different universe? Right. Or multiple universes, like infinite universes, some might say. That would be pretty good. Uh, so one of the things, like that, one of our criticisms of Cross was that – this is a list, by the way, of the we were doing collaboratively. Yeah, it's a collaborative list. <laughs> we're doing it right now on the fly. Definitely um, not because we both forgot to do it beforehand. So – one of the things about cross that I don't like is that the multiple characters don't necessarily have an impact on the world. And I feel like video games have gotten pretty good at making characters meaningful, like a bunch of characters. Meaningful. Absolutely. So, uh, mass effect, for example, has loyalty missions and saints row has loyalty missions and all those kinds of places. So I think what you could do is make the game about, not about one character's journey through it, but about multiple sets of characters as they experience the world. That way you get yeah. to know each of those characters um, it, to some extent, but none are given huge preferential treatment over the other to make them seem like they're just ancillary characters. I think that would be kind of cool. That'd be a neat way to take kind of the, the GTA five thing mm-hmm. with multiple main characters, but give them side storylines yeah. And then take the Chrono Cross thing where it turns out they're actually the same character all along from different <laughs> times or storylines or whatever. Yes. So not only do these three storylines like weave together, it actually turns out it's the same dude. But you've 40, gotten 45 these, different times. But you've gotten to know this tiny little party. Well, I was thinking like you, you would just have like a character and two or three other characters. That's your part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just have two or three groups and then they all kind of. Okay. Somehow, see, I was imagining like eight groups of three or ten oh, groups of three. Ah, uh, see, I think you don't have enough. Well, I mean, that might work, but you uh, you might also just not have enough time with yeah. each. Yeah, um, kind of like Final Fantasy VI style. Everyone splits off, and you do different okay. things simultaneously. Yeah. All right. So we have it needs to be about Magus finding Shala. Shala. It's got to well, it's got to be about Magus. I mean, maybe the resolution is Magus like has a sad ending. I don't know, yeah. but but I think we need you need to tie up Closure. that bow. Because the problem is we know Megas doesn't find Shala. We know how that story ends. Unless you want to undo Chrono Cross, which I don't. Yeah. Um, any thoughts on battle system? I think that should be the, the fourth thing. Okay. Uh, that's a great question. You know, part of me is like, um, okay, so if we said earlier that both of these battle systems seem like they're looking at what's been happening the last couple of years and responding to it. Mm-hmm. So what what would the equivalent of that be today? I, I kind of have an idea, and I hate to lean on this because I've done so often, but okay, Final Fantasy XIII's battle system is about these different p- 
paradigms and the way the paradigms interact with each other. So right. there's the slow build of the meter, the fast build of the meter. The Like what if you took that kind of interaction, like fast interaction of different things, but use the elements instead? Hmm. And they could be explicitly the innate elements of Chrono Trigger. So it could be lightning or it could be just yellow. But then the battle system is about like using a bunch of these different slots in these elemental trees, like fast and in a row. Like it's just, yeah. it's really about like managing like colors and levels more so. Than- I think that's neat. You could, you could tie the color not only to its damage element that it is now, but also to another attribute. Like you could say like, okay, yellow is lightning and it's really fast. Mm-hmm. Blue is water magic and it's healing magic. Red is fire magic, but it's also kind of slow, but really strong. I don't know. Yeah. You know, things like this. Yeah. That, that would be kind of cool. Yeah, um, yeah, I can see that. Because because those individual elements aren't really given specific properties in cross. Like no. you and don't they're get a all, sense that they matter. And and the problem is while everybody has an opposite, like white against black is really strong and mm-hmm. black against white is really strong, but black against anything non white is just normal. Right? So so most of the yeah. time it's it's kind of a non starter. I think actually it groups them by threes. So I think yellow, red, and black are stronger against green, oh. blue, and white. Okay. Just by like a moderate amount, I think. Uh, but in the most part, you're right. Like it doesn't matter. That's not surfaced in any particular meaningful way. That's uh, that's true. And even and that's true. Like it, it's not as dramatic as the the one opposite, the blue, red, yeah. yellow, green. But I do like white. the idea still that you have. You don't have MP, but you're not doing the same thing over and over. Like you can just you cast that one thing once, and you're yeah. trying to like figure out what's the the proper order. The, to the use building that. meters thing is so appealing. I think they need to build on that. And and that would help tie it into Chrono Trigger better because then you could use those different uh, elements in conjunction with each other to do things like text. Like maybe That's tech, true. maybe tech is not explicit, but like red and yellow combine in a certain way all the time. Kind of like Magicka style, where like you yep. do, do two things at once. That would be kind of cool. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and I guess my, my last question for the, for the fifth thing would be, what is the, the, the visual perspective of this game? Is it, do you do do it Chrono Trigger style? Do you do it cross two D painted backgrounds? Do you do it like modern three D action game? I think it needs to look modern. I think both again, both those games have looked better than any game that came out mm-hmm. in their genre. So I think that the the next Chrono needs to strive for the same thing. Yeah, yeah. I was so thinking- I think I think probably third person perspective makes sense. All three characters running around on the yep. the world map at the same time. Absolutely. That's consistent. No, no characters not on the world map because that bothers. Like, I hate when you have a party of five people, but only. Yeah, I, I think I think that's maybe maybe that's an important one of our five or just a note too that things that are consistent between trigger and cross must be consistent in the third game. So that would be things like enemies on the screen. Yes. Right. Yeah. All three characters running around at once. Yeah. Um. I guess that's, I mean, so that's, that, that would be five things right there. So we have. Talk about Magus. Center around Magus. Mm-hmm. Set parallel universe to the events of Chrono Cross, perhaps. Um, but it could be, I guess, between Trigger and Cross, but just like somewhere else in the universe. How is this rippling out? Those are things rippling outwards. We, we, I guess we, we agree that Chrono Cross is the chronological end of the storyline. So that yes. the next game needs to be set at latest parallel to Chrono Cross, if not before. Right. Unless, yeah, yeah. 
that's what I would be most interested in seeing, I think, because then it makes sense for you to tie all three games together right. in the way so, that Chrono Cross tries to tie itself to Trigger. So the third game would be um, spatially distinct from Trigger and Cross. Yes. A new location, I think ideally a new planet. Yeah. Uh, we see because that's kind of the one big cosmic thing we haven't seen tied together. We have we have time. We have the multiple dimensions. We don't have space. Mm-hmm. So let's do space. And I don't mean outer space. I mean literal physical space. Right. Uh, meaningful sets of characters. Yep. Groups. Absolutely. Small. And then That's an, idea. Um, an active battle system that uses the elements, the, the, the element slots and element levels in a double tech kind of way, or can use them in a double tech kind of way, like a compounding kind of way to make them meaningful. Totally. Hey, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. We've made a list. We're not planned. All right. Uh, so thank you for listening to us talk about Chrono's Trigger and Cross, two of our favorite games. Uh, we talk about them because it is just fun to noodle through the stuff that they meant to put in the game. They wanted to put in the game. They couldn't necessarily put in the game. Um, and I think there's something there's something really compelling about them that causes us both to revisit them. And I think a lot of people to revisit them on a regular basis. Yeah, you know, Chrono Cross some of the philosophy of Chrono Cross kind of speaks to me in a lot of ways. Uh, yeah. And, uh, it's just, there's something, something nice about it, but still it's not too preachy about what the universe is supposed to mean and all that. I, it's, it. it definitely has a, um, kind of a be humble, uh, attitude. Yeah, I would say we are very tiny like, microscopic y- things. You know how you thought you were the hero? Well, think about all the things you undid in the other game. Yeah. You know what happened to those people? They never existed. So do you kill them or what did that exactly mean? I don't know. Um, so yeah, the thank you for listening to the Chrono episode. You can hit us on iTunes not to download the show, <laughs> but give us a five star review. Tell your friends, uh, go, you can tweet us on Twitter at low score podcast. Say, uh, at low score podcast is only okay, but those Chrono games are pretty bad. Uh, yeah. And we will catch you next time for the next episode.